We dumped some of their kind there. What? The joints. They left the weight outside. We don't want them. Welcome to the Vintage Rebellion Podcast. I'm your co-host Richard Hutchinson and this is episode 85. Joining me as always is Pete Davis. Good evening, Pete. Oh, Richard, man. What's going on? Full of busy, Pete. Full of busy. Pete, what's been your favourite game of Euro 2020 so far and why? Ooh, that is a difficult one. Um, I'm going to say the one that's just finished. Um, Spain versus Croatia. 5-3. Absolute balter of a game. It's been what? the only few minutes of uh, Euro 2020 I've actually seen. What? What? Mm-hmm. You haven't even seen the wonderful flowing football of England? <laughs> no, not not since 1996. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Next on the list is Andy Spoons Norton. Good evening, Andy. Evening, Richard. Now, Andy, there's no way that you're not in a sweepstake at work. So who did you get? I am. I'm not in a sweepstake at work. What? <laughs> no, no. And I'm not in a fantasy football. For that. I've just been so busy with work. I've, this has kind of passed me by. I've, I've seen most games, but only only bits of them. So, yeah, it's about one of my least involved Euros, this one. Well, I've got France, so still in with a good shout. Yeah, you'll be all right with that. Mm. It's good evening, Jason Smith. Good morning, man, man. How are you doing, Rich? Yeah, I'm doing well. Jason, did the Scots do you proud? Um, we, I mean, the, the the only game of any real importance was the was the the game against uh, um, our, our southern foes, and um, what a surprise! We gave them a good run for their money, and mm-hmm. were probably disappointed not to win that one with the least goal. So, but no, that was a good match. I very much enjoyed that. I think the game with more importance, surely, was the game after it, which if you had a one, you'd have went through the next round. So that was a bit odd. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's not, it's not England, you know, so Scotland, England's always the big match. I was just, I would, in a non-COVID year, I would have probably been there, because uh, the last time they played, um, I was, I got a ticket uh, for the Tartan Army end, and I was up on uh, Nelson's Column in McKilt with uh, Scottish mates, it was, uh, we had a whale of a time, and uh, yeah, we've we heard COVID, about the columns up your kilt. So. Oh, yeah, that sounds well dodgy. We've been doing a column that we killed. And finally, we have Andy Preston. Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Rich. So, Andy, how do you think England will do? Oh, I can't see past Germany, to be honest. Uh, I really hope they get past Germany, because uh, in theory, it's an easy route through to the final or an easier route. But uh, oh, England are very good at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, uh, I hate to say it, but I don't think we're going much, to go much further than the next round. Yeah, I've always loved the German teams. I, I admire the efficiency. I, I admire the fact that they've always got that extra gear when they need it. So we've decided to pick our fantasy football team of Star Wars action figures um, to have a look who we have playing in different positions. Now, I got this question totally wrong, and I've listed 11 
um, action figures that I would have um, in my team. So I'm just going to throw one out there. Okay, I think I always admire the midfield general. One of my favourite players of all time was Lothar Matthias, who played for Germany. And he started off in midfield and then... As it often happens, you get older, you drop back a bit to those, you know, sweet band centre back. But uh, Lothar Matthias was definitely one of the the best midfield generals I've ever seen. So I'm going to stick right bang in the middle there of the midfield as General Maidine. Any question then? So your question then? So who 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 have you got and where are you going to put them? Yeah, I, I can't argue with you on midfield, which um, you've got to have a midfield general, and the general is General Maydean, of course he is. So, yeah, he's got to be in there, isn't he? So, let's go for... Who else are we going to have in the midfield alongside him? Um, so, you, you've got your you, you've got your, perhaps your, your slightly older player with the with, with a good head on him, but legs perhaps going a little bit. So, alongside him, you need probably somebody nippy, somebody to get up and down. Um, perhaps a, a good little bite-your-legs midfielder, a sort of knobby styles, that sort of player. So, uh, what about Snaggletooth in that role alongside Medine? Which well, yeah. I'm going to have to interject there because uh, my, my big player was going to be Snaggletooth in the form of 1978 World Cup wonder Archie Gemmell. Mm-hmm. Little well, small I... guy, midfielder, probably the best goal that there's ever been for Scotland. He went <laughs> left of the wall. It's not said a great deal to each other. He went round, round, right to the other Dutch player and then he went back in and he went round and he curled it in the corner of the net. He did, and yeah, I remember that. It's featured in Train Spotting, the movie. <laughs> and the comment from Renton is uh, I haven't felt that good since uh, Archie Gamble scored against Holland in 1978, probably mm. when he was about three. So no. that's another another vote for Snaggletooth, then, is it? Yeah. So, uh, that, that's that's uh, any 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 more uh, any more candidates for central midfield? Well, I had Ognort, but I had Snaggletooth, and I changed it to Ognort because <laughs> I thought the little guy at the middle. But I was going to go with FX7, purely for the fact that he's got like seven different legs, so he'd be able to spray that ball about all over the place from the central midfield position. I've gone for the same one. Well, I've gone for FX7, but not because of his legs, but because his body swivels round so quickly. Imagine he got his like it's like Vieira in his prime. He's uh, he's facing one way and then suddenly he's the next. But can he actually move? Was was wondering. He looks quite no. Scary. I think he stands there. Oh, okay. But so I had Snaggletooth as well. I, I had him more of a sort of messy mould. But again, a sort of the tricky, you know, short, squat little player moves around everyone. So yeah, I'd, I'd go with both of yours for uh, for those. Let's go to defence then. So who you who you got for centre backs? Oh, I've got two, two brilliant. You basically, if you centre back, you want to be clearing those high balls. Who can jump higher than Luke Jedi? He's leaping up out of the carbonite chamber. Or isn't that, isn't that Luke Bespin? That's Luke oh, Bespin. Sorry, yeah. sorry, with his Jedi <laughs> Jedi skills. Your your player has been sent off. Or Boba Fett with his rocket pack. Mm. They're both getting anything that comes in on high. In fact, you could have you could have Luke Jedi and Luke Bespin because they both did big leaps. So you can have those two leaping around like lunatics at the back. That's, that's interesting. I got Boba Fett on the wing for the same reason. With his rocket pack, he's going to storm up and down the wing, isn't he? He's going to, he's going to beat them to the byline, get those crosses in. Well, I'll put the baker scout with his speeder bike on the wing. Surely, surely you'd have both the you'd have the A wing on the left and the B wing on the right, wouldn't you? Yeah, you the could two, do. The, yeah, yeah, the two wingers. I mean, not only have they got the name right, but they've also got massive ships that they can uh, sit in and go up and down the wings all day. They destroy everyone. Well, yeah, there's one, had, there's one obvious winger pilot. because he's actually a Star Wars figure, Gareth Bale, Yak Face. 
identical, separated at birth. <laughs> oh, you got to offend all the Welsh. Mm, definitely. <laughs> I've, I've got, I've got playing anywhere and everywhere. I've got Yoda because he just, he basically just sits on the on the penalty spot or or in the in the middle, the middle one, and just uses the force to move the ball around. So there you go. And I had Vader right in the centre back because that was my position when I played football. I was I was a centre midfield, a centre defender. So I thought Vader, you know, right in the middle there, controlling everything, force choking all these strikers who are collapsing <laughs> on the deck. You know, got the perfect position. He might get sent off though, Rich, for slicing people in half though. Yeah, he could do. Yeah, absolutely. Goalkeeper yeah. then, Pete. Who's a, who's a, who's the goalkeeper? Well, I was going to go uh, a man, a man, a man, a man, because he's got massive long arms. All right, he's yeah. not the most mobile in the world, but he does have the most enormous. If, if he just put his arms out, he's going to save any, everything and anything. And then, you know, if someone does get a bit too close, he can shake his skulled staff at people. So I no one's getting past, it, past him at so, all. So, yeah. Missing an obvious one there, Pete. Uh, well, Jab, um, Jab it, the whole goal. Yeah, I went Jab of the Hood as well. He would. A man man is already wearing the goalie strip, though. Agreed. <laughs> <Yeah>. Here's <laughs> another candidate for, for goalkeeper, though. What about IG88? I mean, in the Empire Strikes Back, he's pretty static. But in the, in in the Mandalorian, we see IG Eleven leaping about all over the place. He's got those spring-loaded legs. He's yeah, but if tall. he gets annoyed, he's just going to blow up. So you know, if he's if he's, if you let a couple of goals, you go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm self-destruct and blow up. So that, you don't have no. Well, goal. Uh, there is, there's there's the ultimate last line of defence, isn't it? Striker bearing down on him, got through all the defence. You just blow him up. Yes, you need a substitute keeper, but hey. What about, one of the, what about one of the Ewoks, the way that they spray them balls around when they're throwing them balls? <laughs> yeah, a bit, bit short for my looking for a goal, goalkeeper. <laughs> right, moving on to strikers. And so I'm going to throw one out there. How about Luke, stay on target, bomb boy? Uh, I, I was thinking the same same lines, but with Han, because he shoots first. Stay on target. Shouldn't that be Luke X-Wing? Yeah, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what are we going? Are we going for a classic big man, little man combo? Yeah, I did. I of went course. IG88 to up front with Jawa. <laughs> well, the Jawa's just going to kicked in the air. I'd like to nominate someone to be the football. I'd like to nominate uh, the Death Star interrogation droid because he's round. I was going to go for the the Snaggletooth brothers or sisters or what you want to call them because you know big man, small man, classic, very you know, very related, yep. and uh, yeah, the ultimate pairing up front, I think. Or, or you could even have Chewbacca and an Ewok, one of your Ewoks. That'd be quite yep. good, you know. What about up? Uh, what about up front? A candidate for the little guy. What about Salacious Crumb? I reckon he'd be quite nippy. Yep. He'd be straight through your legs. Yep. In on goal. Princess Leia Organa's got plenty of fun. <laughs> <laughs> But like a Gamorian guard, you can't get around him. Oh, you yeah. just keep the ball under his big tummy and just run through. I was thinking that with R2, because you always get the, the marbles stuck up the bottom of R2. Oh, there we go. He could, he could smuggle the uh, the ball like that. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it. like that, like that. You so, have to have removable limbs, three, C3P or somewhere, because you'll be able to tell if there's a foul immediately. He'd win all the fouls, wouldn't he? Exactly. Well, your arms fell off. Yep, foul three. Yeah, exactly. yeah ref forget, that. forget all this <laughs> namby-pamby rolling around clutching your leg. Look, my leg's over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right then, guys, what about the manager then? Who would be the Fullbacks. Ewoks would make good fullbacks. If we've got A-wing and B-wing, then surely Boba's got to be one of the fullbacks with that rocket pack. With Luke X-Wing pilot on the side. And I know who's um, supplying the kit. Admiral Akbar. Hey. hey, good one. Yeah. Manager, manager has got to be the emperor. Yes. 
No, General Maidine, because he's got the pointy stick to talk tactics. Well, player manager. He's already midfield. Yeah, player manager. <laughs> no, I think the, the Emperor would, would be managing both teams at the same time, and yeah. playing one off against the other. <laughs> Guaranteed win. Yeah, He'd absolutely. Nobbling the, nobbling the opposition striker just before the game. Well, we'd love to hear what other listeners have got for uh, different positions in case we missed something that's clearly obvious. So by all means, give them a shout and uh, I'm pretty sure some of you will do. Hello, what happened here? Ah, good. New acquisition. Right, then moving on then to acquisitions. So this looks a very, very short one, which I'm delighted, <laughs> delighted to hear. So, um, Pete, you and I, um, nothing picked up this month. Um, so let's head over to Jason, and I'll see everyone back in about uh, two minutes. Yeah, well, I haven't picked up very much. I think I think what I have to do is to speak about each one for about five minutes, just to uh, pad the time out. But no, no, I won't do that. No. I only managed to pick up three or four things. So the first thing is Marvel Turn of the Jedi Weekly number 73, this time with an unused poster instead of one with all the stickers on it. So I've got that. I've got another first day cover with a Palatoy stamp on it, um, which is basically one which had... I've already got, got the first day cover with four stamps on it, and this has got one stamp on it. So um, exciting stuff. And uh, I've got another set of HCF, Return of the Jedi, centered erasers, all six of them. Um, I needed two for a second set. So I just A cheap second set came up, so I've got those. I'm hoping at some point I'll get the boxes and then be able to fill at least the top of it with a set of erasers. Uh, and then the other news is uh, I've got the Echo Base Guide to Star Wars Palatoy card back. So it's actually out now. Um, if you go on to Facebook, onto the Echo Echo Sci, um, there'll be various threads there where you can go and buy yourself a copy of the Palatoy Carback Guide. So there you go. Andy Preston? Cheers, Rich. Yeah, I've got a few things this month. Um, so firstly, um, this was on, uh, I think it was either Echo Auctions or it was on Jabba's Palace. It was one of the Facebook auction groups from Paul James. I've got a couple of bootleg uh, games. So there's a bootleg space battle target game. Um, now this is a boxed item. This is actually an upgrade to one that I've got already. Mine is really, really battered, so uh, this one's in much nicer condition. So this is a couple of guns um, in a box. Uh, each gun comes with four little um, little balls to shoot at your four targets. And the targets are models of, they're not Star Wars characters, but they're very, very based on Star Wars characters. So you've got one that looks a bit like R2, and you've got one that looks a bit like Chewie, and one that looks a bit like a Stormtrooper. On the box art, uh, again, you've got uh, something that looks very much like R2. You've got a Stormtrooper. You've got a Death Star-looking thing. You've got an X-Wing. So uh, um, very 70s, 80s, very, very lovely artwork on this. Uh, very bootleg, uh, right up my street. The other one from Paul is a uh, space adventure target ball game. So similar um, sort of idea, but this is uh, on a blister card. Um, one gun with um, three like ping pong balls, two targets, one with a, a sort of R2-D2-esque robot, the other one with an X-wing shooting and blowing up the Death Star. But the card image is fantastic. There's a there's a beautiful rendering of a Macquarie-style Darth Vader holding one of these guns and shooting it out. There's something that looks like the Millennium Falcon either shooting or being shot. Uh, again, fantastic artwork, and I'm really, really happy to pick those up. 
Next, most unlike me, a couple of action figures from Andy Black. I've got a hollow cheeks, hollow tubes sand person. Uh, first one of those I've ever had. Uh, been looking for one for a little while. This one came up at a, a, a decent price, I thought. Um, pretty good condition, not a lot of paint loss. Um, no cloak or gaffy stick but i can replace those um so pleased to have one of those uh, and the other one is from christopher jeffers a loose paplu uh, i've got a paplu already found out a little while ago that the staff i had with him is shock horror a repro so need to replace the staff so i've, I've bought a paplu and one of those paplus i'll be moving on having kept the staff next uh four helix colored pencils uh from gavin morton holmes um and those will be going to complete some of my helix sets uh two helix pencil top erasers from charles jones and again those will go into my helix display box and fill that up a little bit uh, a couple of akamas items i've got a loose akamas c3po mask and a boxed akamas chewbacca costume that's an upgrade to one that i've got which is in a very battered box a factors darth vader lives patch and three Factors UK stickers. Um, had those from Pete Vilmer. Thank you, Pete. Last but not least, three Palatoy stickers made by the wonderful Mark Daniels. Um, lovely graphics and uh, very happy with those. And that's my lot for this month. Great. Nice to read your items again from you, Andy. And Andy Spoon's going to wrap this one up. I'm just going to quickly ask Andy, what... what um... Akamas mask you got left to get? Um, it's just Luke and Leia, which oh, gonna say very, that, yeah. very rarely seem to come up. Um, whether it's because they they're not obviously Star Wars characters, possibly a lot of them go unnoticed. But uh, yeah, Luke and Leia are the ones that I'm after, and also. I think the only boxed costume I need now again is is Luke. So if anybody out there has got any of those, I'd be very pleased to hear from you. I know who has a Leia because I sold it to someone um, a few years back. So uh, I'll I'll let you know after the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, yes, for me, I've I've had a relatively quiet month considering uh, some of my more recent uh, purchases. Seem to be joining uh, Andy and Jason with their sort of hundreds of different pieces. Just a couple for me. Uh, the first one was a, a shout out from Ed Jedi from Star Wars Forum UK, who saw uh, a forty-seven back Han Hoth on Deal or No Deal. Now I I had thought. I'd finished my Kenner run of Han Hoths, so but this was one with a coin offer sticker, and the coin offer sticker is something from the the Jedi era. Um, I'd, I've never seen it on a on a Jedi Han Hoth, but to find it on an Empire Strikes Back one is particularly rare. But this one's really nice. It's got three price tags on it. It drops from three dollars fifty down to two eighty nine, down to ninety nine cents, and then gets this coin off a sticker on it at some point too. So it's obviously a real peg warmer. And I say peg warmer in the loosest sense because it's it's lovely and it's unpunched. So in a box somewhere at the back of a shop, just not selling. And so I was really pleased with that. And that's a nice, nice addition to the Han Hoth collection. And there's also a nice story behind it. So it's from a, a chap called Drew Nossinger. And his mum bought this and a few others and put them in a box 40 years ago, and he wouldn't let Drew or his brother touch them um, until now, presumably. So he, he, he's selling them on, and a, a wise mum, you'd say, for back in the day. Uh, and my other item was inspired by uh, my shout-out of Robin Borkers from, from last month. She had the, the Mexican bootleg land speeder, as I called it. Chris George Julius was selling one on on facebook again so I, I nipped in there and bought that and jeff tilly made a great point on the uh, the facebook page for the podcast saying it's not actually a, a land speeder but it's a bootleg of a of an amphibious speedboat from a jerry anderson pilot 
The Investigator. I'd never even heard of this before. So they just made the pilot and it was scrapped. So I did some uh, some research into this. Yeah, bizarre thing. Well, two two um, two characters are shrunk to uh, to a smaller size, and they're they're played by puppets, but the rest are all uh, life size actors. But Dinky, because it's, it's a really weird thing to bootleg, but Dinky sort of preempted the show and made their own uh, boat version for the for the show. The show was never made, so they quickly rebranded it as a Coast Guard boat. So you do see the Dinky boats out there. So these Mexican bootlegs have uh, bootlegged the boat, but they've put in two Luke Skywalkers from the uh, the Kenner Landspeeder to pilot it. So it's really, really nice. Uh, there's a, a little link on uh, dinkytvspace.com if anybody's interested in that. And uh, and following Jason and Pete, I think more, I did actually pick up some modern stuff as well, which I was a little bit ashamed by, but finally got a retro collection, Han Hoth. I uh, saw one in um, Forbidden Planet when I was in town the other weekend, as well as the, uh, the Mandalorian figure in the retro style. Very nice. And my... Lovely children bought me a Lego Razor Crest for Father's Day. So, and that's that's brilliant. Really pleased with that. And that's me. Wow, great information there, Spoons, along with the items that you picked up. That's uh, fantastic. Um, let's go over to the Swap Shop update then. So, Pete, we've had the 65 back Canadian Emperor offer. Um, Nick Doe, anything? No. <laughs> No, okay. not at all. <laughs> well, I think we'll probably need to push this one a little bit harder then, so that one rolls over for yet another month. So if anybody's after, 65 back, Nick Doe with uh, the Emperor offer, Canadian card back, uh, by all means contact one of us and let us know what you've got. It's going to be one of those things, isn't it, where we're going to accept an offer for it and swap it and then as people catch up the show, we're going to get lots and lots of nice trades after it's already gone. But, you know, if you want it, it's sitting there waiting for you. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we don't care what you offer. Something interesting. Come on. What's that something Anything in your, in your yeah. tat drawer? And don't forget, whatever we end up with at the end of the year is going to be auctioned off for... Click Sergeant. Click Sergeant. Click Sergeant. So uh, they, they do a lot of good work. So uh, uh, let's hope that we can help out the charity as well. So, uh, yeah, put your best foot forward. Let's see what you got, please. then so action figure face off this month and, and guys i'm going to ask you to keep it shorter because i think i'm pretty sure it's andy spoons talked for about 13 minutes last month so we're going to keep it nice and tight nice and short so our characters this month are andy preston with barada andy norton with general Medine, jason with the imperial commander and pete with the b-wing pilot so no obvious ones sticking out there so take it away we'll go with andy preston first with barada barada Yo ho ho, me hearties! Meet one of the meanest pirates ever to sail the seven skies of Tatooine, the Jack Sparrow of that galaxy far, far away. Barada was a Clatooinian who served the crime lord Jabba the Hutt. He was one of Jabba's skiff guards who escorted Han Solo and his companions to the great pit of Carcoon for execution. The rebels fought to free themselves, and in the struggle, the Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker slashed and killed Barada with his lightsaber. Barada is one of the famous last 15, or 17 if you prefer, only released on Power of the Force and Trilogo cards. But he was also an exclusive in the Sears Jabba's Dungeon playset, the green box variation, packed in with EV-99 and a Manaman. He's the only Power of the Force figure 
to have two COO variants, he can be found with 84 or 85 copyright dates. So, the figure himself, he is a pirate from head to toe, from his rakish red bandana to the bandoliers, bags, belts across his torso, his bright yellow vest, his puffy white sleeves, his bold red pantaloons and his high black leather boots. His face is green, reptilian, with a raised comb across his wide skull. His eyes are narrowed, menacing. His nostrils are flaring and he has a mean snarl on his face. This guy means business and his business is mean. He carries a force pike to encourage his unfortunate victims to walk the plank and dive to their doom, a weapon he shares only with Yakface. Shiver me timbers, this is a great figure, Rich. Have a drop of rum and choose Captain Barada for this month's winner. Arr! I'm going to say I'm speechless at that, but I'm not clearly because I'm talking. Uh, good defence on that one, Andy. Andy Norton, then General Maydean. Well, General Maydean, he genuinely is the best figure in the whole line. He's the only one where the actor changed their appearance to match the figure. Did you know that? Dermot Crowley was clean-shaven, turned up to film Return of the Jedi. He was given a false beard as the Kenner figure was already in production. And he's also in loads of backup shots for Akbar, too. They didn't trust the costume or the puppet, so they were going to use uh, Maydean. He's brilliant. He's called Crix. What a great name. Devised the attack on the shield generator, but the figure. I've mentioned his beard. It is a great beard. Beard. He has a green beard. Isn't that brilliant? And a rebel battle staff, a space age swagger stick, or is it actually a majoretting stick? He can march, dance, or both. He's got big black gloves and big black boots. He can also clean drains. Maybe that's what his stick is for. He's got a grey jerkin, blue shirt, general pips on his collar, and a smart badge, pouches on his belt. He's trustworthy and he looks generalish. Lots of variations in the paint sprays. He's got grey or flesh coloured heads. The flesh had grey or green paint. I always thought he had a green beard. He generally did have a green beard. He used green paint. He starts on the 65 back, the 77 Palatoy Clipper, the best one out there, the Tri Logo Made. Every Trilogo collector wants one of these. It's elusive. And have you seen the Palatoy test card with a Maydean on it? It's basically the TIE pilot on with the FET offer, and it's got a Maydean on it. It's brilliant, absolutely amazing. He's on loads of two packs. He's on one of the rarest cards out there, the Tri, to some of the most common. He's like with Wicket, Gamorian Guard, Snowtrooper, Bib, loads of bibs out there, Biker Scout on the Hand Trench, but the Hand Trench and Maydean, a fantastic combination. And actually researching him, I now want one of them. It's a brilliant thing. The image on the card front is in a fantastic match for the figure. He's got a brilliant comb over, just like the figure. Maydean is general amazing. 90 seconds, how about that? Yeah, a lot of good points there as well, Andy. Perhaps focus a little bit too much on other characters. Um, Jason, Imperial Commander? Yeah, um, Imperial Commander. Um, some bad guy um, dressed in black, not Vader. Right, moving back on to General Medine, otherwise known as the General. I mean, this, this was the big draw that we were all looking for, especially me as I'm a member on Facebook on the General Medine Sexy Club, yeah? you want to know all about how great uh, the general is, you need to join that group right now. In terms of fan, fan, fan items, we've got Darren McLeese, who made the General Medine beard for a celebration um, two or three celebrations ago, and it was so good that he made a second one. So there's actually two of those to collect. And I was lucky enough to go to uh, a London film and Comic-Con where I met Dermot Crowley, 
I was able to get him to sign one of my General Dean card backs and actually get a picture of the Darren McLeese beard with Dermot, which absolutely made Darren's day. Um, the action figure, he's got, he's got a magic wand. He's got his white magic wand that he can, you know, do amazing things with. I mean, I, I don't know why you'd want to vote for anyone else. Anyway, that, that's my closing arguments. Imperial Commander. I would laugh if you voted for Jason with Medine and Andy Lost. <laughs> that's going to happen now Pete thank you <laughs> and Pete wrap it up with a B-wing pilot well you know let's not talk about B-wing pilots let's talk about General Medine he's a great figure no uh, you got to say General Medine is a great figure but but let's just you know maybe I'm going to go humbly for runners up spot maybe you know I mean you know I'm not going to pretend that uh, you know he's anything special there is a myth there is a slight myth that he doesn't appear on the front of a card just his ship if you look closely you can see him in his little little bubbly bit so he is on there so let's just cut it on straight away he is on the front of a card so people do do say that but yeah his coin says a courageous rebel flyer who piloted the spectacular B-Wing fighter, spectacular B-Wing fighter, during the final rebel assault on the Empire's last Death Star. Well, yeah, they might have made another one after that, to be fair. But uh, apparently, apparently, it was called the B-Wing uh, pilot and B-Wing whatever, because uh, they were just making ships and went, well, that's the A-Wing and that's the B-Wing. Some say it's called Blade Wing, but there we go. We don't know. No one cares. What does he have? What do you have going for him? Well, he has a lovely, lovely red outfit. Beautiful with Ugg boots. Um, yeah, they didn't know that, did you? B wing pilot, he invented the Ugg boot. So when someone says it's someone else, no, you say, no, I'm sorry, no, no, sorry, it is the uh, B wing pilot. He did invent that. Lovely little brown Ugg boots. You find me another Star Wars figure with a more beautiful collar. Absolutely stunning. Beautiful. The detail in that collar, I mean, you know, anyone's a collar enthusiast, well, you need him for your collection because that's one of the best action figure collars I think I can ever remember. And, of course, we have the, uh, you know, the, the black sort of tunic-y thing with his wonderful silver buttons. Um, some people thought he was a, a kind of a half-man, half-machine. Some just thought he was nicely decorated. Some just thought maybe, you know, um, he just thought he'd jazz his costume up. But um, I think the best part of his costume, and I think Richard obviously will going to love this, but um, he's, a, he's a Princess Leia fan, isn't he? Clearly, he's got two star puffs on either side of his head um and they're so great they have to be joined together by a big black strap across his chin i mean they are wonderful i mean he's got his little brown hair on the top which some people reckon is part of the flight helmet no that's his hair and his lovely silver star puffs on either side of his face yeah he appeared on all sorts of cards and stuff but we don't care about the cards they're just bits of cardboard this figure is a wonderful red tribute to collars and princess leia cosplayers Right. Okay. Well, this is actually a bit tougher than I thought. Um, I thought there was one clear favourite, but it's been blown out of the water. Hmm. Ah, oh, this is tough. Well, Jason, you've got to be eliminated because you didn't do anything. Um, Gemma Maydean, B-Wing Pilot Provider. Right, I'm going to have to say, because I didn't expect Andy Preston to get all excited. I think I'm going to have to go with Provider. As much as it's a figure that I'm not really that bothered about, I think he's pirates and you know his whole passion his voice there really has brought that one to the forefront so well done Andy Preston on putting a case forward for Barada this month was that was that some kind of like background music going on or was it just Andy's phone no I heard background music as well I wasn't sure if he was like playing um Captain Pugwash or something in the background there there. was a bit there was a bit of bit of Pirates of the Caribbean was it is that what it was everybody loves a pirate good choice (laughs) Richard 
Right then, um, let's head on over to the shout-outs. And so, Jason, let's go head over to you first. I'm looking at a Facebook post from Mark Hockley that was made on um, Beyond the Toys uh, Facebook group. And he says, my Instagram post today is very Beyond the Toys. And uh, what he's got is a Chad Valley 1979 Wholesale Division trade catalogue. Um, which it just looks absolutely marvellous. It's got um, uh, it's got a cover with uh, lots of what looks like Mister Men on them, and it's a train with all little signs saying what what it was Chad Valley was selling in 1979. And there is a little sign there that says Star Wars because inside the catalogue there is the Star Wars slide projector with special Star Wars label featuring 16 stories from the film. The slide projector box opened up to show a stand-up scene from the film too, which offered extra play value. So um, I, I do have a collection of Palatoy catalogues with Star Wars items, and I do have, I think it's the, the 1980 Chad Valley catalogue, which is completely Star Wars, but I'm, I've, I'm, this, this one is on my wants list now because it just looks so good. And well done, Mark Hockley, for picking one of those up. I think, Preston, I think you've got one of these, haven't you? Because I, I was looking on your site and I, there was a picture uh, of uh, of the inside with the picture of the slide projector in it as well. You're right, I do have one of these, yeah. And uh, as, as you say, the only Star Wars reference is the, is the slide projector, but that's still worth getting the catalogue. Lovely, 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 lovely little, little uh, catalogue there. So for my shout-out this month, uh, I've gone to SWF UK, Star Wars Forum UK, and picked up a post by Pallyfan, uh, Ian Ward, and his post is titled "The 35-Year Wait Is Over." Now, anything you've waited 35 years for has got to be uh, got to be something special. And uh, I make no apologies for um, going through his post in detail. This is a fantastic story. So Ian says, "Hi all." After growing up with Star Wars back in the late 70s and being obsessed with the toys at the time, I finally decided to sell all my childhood figures after I stopped playing with toys and I let my once treasured collection go for £5 to my best friend's brother, including a vinyl cape Jawa. I didn't really think much more about this until I started getting back into collecting Star Wars again around 12 years ago and started to feel it was a shame that I had to start from scratch again. I've now been part of this forum for close to nine years and seen some amazing collections on display over the years, but the one thing I've always admired the most is when collectors still have some of their childhood figures and playsets. Over the years, I've often thought about my own childhood collection, and as I'm still very good friends with my old mate, I mentioned this to him, and he thought there was a chance that my figures could still be somewhere in their family home. Cut to last week. Both my friend and his brother were back at their old home, clearing it out for their father, who's now living in a home. This has been no easy task for them, as Dad has always been a hoarder, and it's taken them something like 20 skips worth to try and clear the house and get it on the market. As they're coming to the end of clearing it now, last week was the final push for them, so I offered to give them a hand for the day and clear the loft. It was while up in the loft clearing box after box of old Beano and 2000 AD comics as well as old cassettes and Spectrum games that we used to spend countless hours listening to and playing with throughout our youth that I finally took the lid off one of the last boxes to see my old Star Wars figures staring back at me. 
I couldn't believe I'd finally found them. Although they were far from being all there, no vinyl cape gel, unfortunately. I'm so happy that some survived. My friend's brother has never been a Star Wars collector. He's four years younger than me, so mainly had a collection of Jedi ones. He was happy enough for me to have back my very heavily played with collection, and I replaced those figures for some spare ones I had that were in much better condition. A win-win situation for both of us. It's amazing to think I've now been reunited with my old collection after all these years, even though there are a lot of battle scars to these figures, at least they're mine. I really didn't think I'd ever see them again, so it really was a special moment. It's funny, as I really remember the head breaking off my Luke Bespin, as well as the arm breaking on IG-88, and in the box was the rivet that my dad gave me to use as a lightsaber. I couldn't believe it when I saw it, as I always thought it was a great substitute. I'm pretty sure as well that the Obi-Wan was my very first figure that I received, even though he doesn't have a cape anymore. I always remembered his white hair, which is why the grey version never quite looked right to me. All that's left is to show you what I picked up, and also to say a massive thank you to both my friend and his brother for keeping hold of them and letting me have them back. Now, that's some true friends. And he's put up some pictures. Uh, go over and have a look on SWFUK. You'll see pictures of these figures. Um, there's, there's, there's probably 20-odd figures, and yes, they're in good played-with condition, but to get your childhood figures back after 35 years, that really is something, and that beats any acquisition I've seen this month. So uh, congratulations, Ian. That's a lovely story. Yeah, Andy, that's a, that's a great story. I love, I mean, I'm so happy that I kept, managed to keep my... You know, a good chunk. I think it's like thirty, maybe, of my original figures as a kid. I'm so glad I, I you know, kept them in a well, mom kept them in a box in the loft all those years. I wonder if my mate who I sold my figures. I wonder if he's still got them. I sold loads of stuff to him, figures, I've, ships. It's like around his house. I've got my uh, my first twelve figures of my land speeder, and uh, the reason I'm a vintage uh, Star Wars collector today is because I kept those after retrieving them from um, my parents loft maybe sometime in the 90s and if i hadn't done that i wouldn't be here today because for some reason i got talking to my other half about star wars and i can oh yeah i've got i've got my original figures and i, I found the box with them all in and then as a result of that she bought me a modern little yoda figure at christmas and then I decided to get the next day, and then the rest is history. So yeah, if I didn't have my childhood figures, I wouldn't be here today. So there you go. What you you would have exploded or something, or been kidnapped? I just uh, I wouldn't be collecting Star Wars. I would oh, be okay. in an alternate alternate reality where we never met. I thought you might have been like more grim. You know, you might have you know gone on a, a spiral of despair and madness and uh, thrown yourself into My Little Pony or something. You just never know. I right, um, my my. Uh, this is a great one. I've just seen this literally, and uh, it, it is worth talking about. Posted today at seven o'clock. So someone clearly wasn't watching the football. Um, which is quite shocking, but this is on uh, Star Wars Forum UK. Uh, our friend Alastair Mac, um, he has got a phenomenal... I've never seen this before. No idea it even existed. So it's a PDT-8. Obviously, I knew that existed. But it's with uh, the 2-1-B figure. Well, as in, he's, he comes with a sticker saying, special includes 2-1-B action figure. I know, I'm sure Jason's got this. But uh, I've never seen that before. I didn't even know it existed. That's something you learn every day in this hobby. So it's an Empire Strikes Back, Kenner Box with a sticker with and he's got obviously the box is opened um you've got the yeah, pdt8 in there which is not the most you know mini rigs and me a bit dull um but it's got all the you know the, the stickers uh, i think there's maybe a couple have been applied i can't quite see he's not even on the box for goodness sake so why on earth suddenly have two one b figure 
decided to be packaged in there. Any reason, Jason, why suddenly a T1B figure was rammed into a PDTA? I know they've got a few droids on there, but any reason? Just no interest. I don't know. I still need one of those, though. But I haven't really been doing anything with my T1B focus for many years now. But yes, Jason. I do know that it comes in with that PDT8 um, mini box. Does anyone know if any, any other figures like that, you know, they rammed into mini rigs? I mean, can't be a great deal of room left. Do you not remember doing a quiz on this a while back, Pete? <laughs> do you think I'm going to remember a quiz? <laughs> well, it was like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a shout out, a similar shout out. I can't remember what the actual one was now. But I, just, I just asked whether people could guess which figures went with which um mini rigs with the special offers but i i can't remember off the top <laughs> now they were they're all quite random they're not none of them are the none of them are the figure that's shown on the box they're all some of them there's a there's a bit of logic to it i can't remember now maybe it was attack commander was with a with a snow type vehicle um i can't remember but it, yeah there was some logic to some of them but none of the ones actually you saw on the box so yeah the logic would be the attack driver in the int four but it wasn't him, it was someone There is else. a kind of logic to this one, because you've got, obviously, it looks a bit hothy on the box, and you've got FX7 having a groove with his legs all out and shim-shamming around with, with C-3PO, and you've got a couple of Rebel soldiers and, and uh, R2-D2. So there is a little bit of logic there, that it could have been some kind of like, you know, they've obviously gone with a kind of hoth thing and the medical kind of thing with FX7. So I, I can understand that to a, to a, to a degree. But it's still a bit, it's just a bit strange. You just thought they'd have rammed in some FX7s. There must be millions of them around. Should we move okay. on to my one? Uh, no, we're on. No, we'll go on to mine. Um, so <laughs> I was uh, browsing Facebook a few weeks ago and I spotted a post by Frank Muse. And Frank hasn't been buying a lot of late, but uh, every now and again, a really nice bagged item comes up. And Frank has posted, lovely meal day today. I've wanted one of these for so long. Bit obscure and quirky, but I love this stuff and it's part of the Baggy Lines history. And what he's posted is the Star Wars Sea Baggy. Um, that comes with the toothbrush, the Star Wars toothbrush. And we've all seen the Star Wars toothbrush with that kid with the, you know, the, the creepy hair and the yellow uh, jumper holding that big electronic toothbrush in his mouth. I never noticed that the toothbrush uh, came in a baggy. I just assumed it was in a blister pack. I want to go back to an article that Ron Salvatore posted Saturday, March the 19th, 2016 on the Star Wars Collector's Archive blog. And it's titled 11 Inches of Battery Powered Joy. Kenner's Star Wars Electronic Toothbrushes. And in there, he's got a, a great... Um, you know, very, very clear photograph of the toothbrush together with, you know, the, the baggy. And you see it quite clearly in there. And all these years, I've just completely missed that. So as Frank said there, you've got to love the GM logo. Um, absolutely, Frank. Great stuff. So pleased you, you picked it up. Uh, I would urge everyone to go and check out Ron's article because it goes, you know, way beyond, you know, all the Star Wars toothbrushes that I've seen. And, uh, you know, he goes into catalog pictures. And there's a fantastic shot of um, Evil Knievel. <laughs> you know, evil can either battery power toothbrush. Absolutely brilliant, and the, the, the tension to detail in this article is absolutely fantastic. Rich, so, does an evil can evil toothbrush smash your teeth in? And like, yeah, knocks knocks them clean out. <laughs> uh, but I love a little um, picture of uh, it's got uh, C three P and Auto D two R two. What are you doing? And Auto D two with his toothbrush in his in his hand. <laughs> his, his legs have changed into rare uh, arms, and he goes blows blows. Bop bloop, which obviously we all do when we're brushing our teeth. You know, great article, and I, I love that, Frank. So well done, um, Andy. I know you're chomping at the bit here. So, uh, Andy, what have you spotted this month? 
Well, this is a proof card that I saw on Deal or No Deal sold by uh, Brian Turnbow, and Todd Hudson picked it up. Todd's a, a long-time long collector. And it's a bit different from the normal proofs you see. Um, we see, see a lot of figures or, or ships. This is a proof for the 20-back uh, Boba Fett offer. So basically the little starburst with the rocket firing Boba Fett in it. And, and you know, that's, that's really nice. There's a, there's a lot of white on it. But the other half of the card is this um, Kenstruct plastic hard hat offer, which is really actually got, sort of caught my interest more than the uh, the Boba Fett in a way. Um, only $1.99 with purchase of this building set. So I don't know, I have no idea what toy that was that it came with, but presumably it was a building set. But that and the and the Boba Fett below it, just just a lovely item, really, you know, very special. Never never seen anything like that. Never really thought about proofs for the for the offers that you see on the on the cards. Assume that they they would do a whole card rather than just the offer that they then, you know, whether it's printed or, or, or stuck on as a sticker onto the card. But yeah, very interesting item and and very nice and certainly went for a few pennies as well. That's for sure. Absolutely, Andy. Very very nice item. That I've seen a few of those dotted around. So uh, well done, Todd Hudson. I'm picking that up. Uh, so fantastic items this month, guys. I mean, every month we see exactly the same. How can we keep getting, you know, so many great stuff, great items coming out each month and stuff that quite often we've, we've not seen before and not paid enough attention to detail to. You know, long may continue. Great stuff. Were you on a star cruiser? What's this? What is what? He asked you a question. What is that? All right, guys, on to the quiz. And I know you're all super excited about this one because it's my quiz. And I literally said, I will know you're cheating because you will get an answer correct. Um, and that's still true. And I want to stick to that. I don't know whether I put you in teams or just to let you. Now, you teams, know, I'm going to put teams, you in teams. teams. I'm going to put my Jason. Uh, sorry, Pete, because you've been so vocal. Um, you can choose. It's not going to help you in the slightest, <laughs> but I'm going to allow you to choose who's going to team up with you. I think me and Jason should go for it because it sounds okay. like our kind of quiz. Yeah. yeah, we need the comedy factor, okay? Exactly. So we've got two Andes and we've got Jason and Pete. And Jason and Pete, I'm going to let you go second. So two Andes, okay? So all you've got to do, it's really, really simple. All you've got to do is name the vintage Star Wars figure. That's it. Okay? Dead, dead easy. Uh, we're going to go through the four waves, well, the four big waves, Star Wars line, Empire Strikes Back line, uh, Turn the Jedi line, and then last of all, try logo and power the force. Okay, so you're gonna have two questions each, or they'll cut some out if I'm getting bored. Right, so we're gonna start off with the Star Wars line. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you number one for each one and number three. So you're the odds, which probably sums you up perfectly. And then uh, Jason and Pete could be the evens. So Andy and Andy, are you ready? Go for it. Now you've got to be clear. You've got to be specific, and your first answer counts. Okay. Star Wars line, here is the description. By the way, all these are official descriptions. I've not made any of them up. The earliest release of the figure that came with a vinyl cape, a laser gun, and shining eyes. It was about two and a quarter inches high. Well, that's got to be the Jawa, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I would say it's got to be the Jawa. And is that what you're going to go with? Yes. Jawa, definitely. For you just seen yourself there, Andy. You would have lost the mark there if you had said the Jawa. It is Jawa, correct. Right, Jason and Pete. <laughs> the name off, of the costume, he? the name of the costume as worn by the Sand People Kenner action figure. The name of the costume. Yes. 
the name of the costume as worn by the San People kind of action figure. And I'll know you cheated because you'll get this answer correct, but it's on the card back. Is it? All I can think is desert robes. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with Jason saying that sounds good. That's incorrect. It's uh. a sand fighter costume. It's written on the back. How many times have you looked at that car back and not read that, Jason? Yeah, All Jason. Right. I don't know Number three, back to Andy and Andy. The name of the accessory held by the earliest iterations of the Luke Skywalker, Ben Kenobi and Darth Vader action figures. Is that the laser sword, Andy? As written on the card back, is this? There's a lot. Of, I wouldn't know about the card back, but there's a lot of references it, to laser the, swords back the in the first, day. The first iteration is a double telescoping lightsaber, but that, that's not written on the card back. It's what's written on the card back at once. Is that your first answer? Uh, yeah, happy to go with you, Andy. It's known as the action lightsaber. You need to research your card back. There's a lot of action words in these things. Yeah. And the last one for this line, so we've got one for Andy and Andy. We've got zero for Jason and Pete. You're going to get this one. How the Luke action figure is referred to on the 20 back. The Luke Skywalker action figure. How is he referred to on the 20 back? Well, Peter, Luke X-Wing pilot, if you agree with that. I'm, I'm happy to go with you, Jason, to be fair. Okay, can I just clarify this? This is not the Luke X-Wing pilot. I'm on about the Luke Skywalker original action figure. How was that referred to on the 20 back? Oh. Oh. Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> is, is it action Luke Skywalker, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know. Jason, you've got all the cards. You should know. Surely it's just like... Is it a trick question? Is it just going to be Luke Skywalker? It could be. Uh, Luke Skywalker, then, come on. That's incorrect. He's referred to as Luke only. There is no surname. It's just Luke. Right, okay. So, one to uh, Andy and Andy, and one to Jason and... No, we haven't got anything. We're rubbish. Pete. Oh, nothing. Yes, absolutely. Right, okay, then onto the Empire Strikes Back line. So I'm going to swap them around. So, Jason and Pete, this is for you. Two figures on the Empire Strikes Back line with Battle Gear in their name. Battle Gear. Is that one of the, is that one of the Hoth soldier things, Jason? Yeah, Rebel Soldier, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, Rebel Soldier, yeah, him. Hoth boy. He must have Battle Gear. I'm going to give you that one, Pete. You fluked it. Rebel Soldier, Hoth, Battle Gear. That's only because you mentioned Hoth. You got. I want you to be very specific on your on your names. Who was the second one? Who would be the second one? It's not. It's not the uh, the commander of that one, is it, Jason? Jason. I'm talking to Jason. Is it Jason? Is it, are, uh, they, are they both in Battle Gear? Well, could it be the opposition? Maybe. Um. Oh, what about yeah? What about Hoth Stormtrooper? Is that is he in Battle Gear? These are total guesses, by the way. You're the you're the card expert. You should be slavering over these cards. I'm gonna have to say your time's up. You've got five oh. seconds. Uh, the, the, the Hoth Hoth um snow uh, stormtrooper. Ah, oh, you're so close. It's the Imperial stormtrooper Hoth ah. gear. So you can get ah. one point for that. Right off to the Andes. Five figures with outfit in their name on the Empire Strikes Back line. Wow, five. five. An, easy, an easy one to start with, Andy. Han Solo Hoth outfit. Yeah, one point. I didn't get that one. I'd be in trouble, wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, with outfit, uh, um, Luke Bespin is fatigues, not outfit, yeah. isn't he? I think though. What about Luke? In his, is he not Hoth outfit as well? The well, the Hoth Luke. Was he something else? Yes. Uh, no, I think you're right. 
to Luke Skywalker. Do we have to get the whole phrase, Richard? Or yeah, just the-, the whole phrase. You just said name five characters with an outfit in them. Yeah, name. I want that as the characters I named. As I would say he's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, Hoth outfit. Makes sense if Han is Han Solo Hoth outfit, but for some reason they've got a nagging feeling it's not that. But let's, yeah, let's go for that. Uh, what about Leia Hoth? Leia yes, Hoth she outfit. must be an out. She must be that. But what's what's she written as? Is she Princess Leia Organa or is she Princess Leia? Just Leia Organa? Um, I think it's I I got a feeling it's Princess Leia. So Princess Leia Hoth outfit, Luke Skywalker Hoth outfit. Um, what else have we got? What she's best been gown, isn't it? For best been one. Yeah, it's got to be characters that have an alternative figure that, that have got a previous figure iteration, hasn't it? Because you're not going to put best been guard, best been outfit, Boba Fett, best been out because those 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 have got their character names. So best bit. What's uh, Han Solo's best been? Uh-huh. Clothes called is that best bin outfit? But it could be best bin outfit. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> but it could be. Yeah, yeah no, I, th- I think yeah. That's another best bin outfit. That's and then best bin outfit. We, we need one more. That's four. Is there any other Luke's in the Empire Strikes Back range? There's Luke Hoth and Luke Bespin, isn't there? No, there's no, no other Luke's. Um, there's no other Hans. There's um, Leia. We've said has got the best bin gown. That's tough. What about the the ones that have already been mentioned? Are they they were both battle gear, weren't they? They're not battle gear outfit. No, no, they're not. Um, what about a change? Because Han Solo, Hoth outfit, he changes his name on one of the card backs. They get rid of the outfit because they make it. They think it sounds a bit um, not tough enough. Some of the others might have changed. So was don't Luke's always been best in fatigues. Was one of the others a change? That's oh, tough. I don't know. What we got? We only got four, haven't we? We've got four. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to run through the. It's, it's it's none of the bounty hunters. It's not Ugnaughts. It's not Bespin guards. It's not Yoda. Not gonna be any of the droids. Might have to admit defeat on this one. Yeah. Well, I've been hastily. The SWC has just gone down. Believe it or not, so I can't actually log in because I, I I do have <laughs> my answers written here, and you're just putting doubt in my mind now. Although I, I know I double triple check these, so the five that I've got, and if I've got this wrong, I'm going to have to edit this back in. Is Han Solo and Hoth outfit, which you got one one point, Princess Leia Bespin outfit, uh, Han Solo no, we, Bespin. We, we miss we miss yeah, Bespin outfit. Well, no, we Bespin Bespin gown. Gown, yeah, Bespin. but it's not gown. It's Bespin outfit. Han Solo Bespin outfit. Princess Leia Hoth outfit. And the other one is Luke Skywalker Bespin outfit. But I agree it was referred to as fatigues. But on the, the thing that I found, it said Luke Skywalker Bespin outfit. So I wonder if that was changed. Um, so I'll leave that for the moment. And I'll come back to that and change it on once SWC comes up. Right, Jason and... <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Jason and Pete. Right, the Palatoy 45 back. Name 13 figures that have <laughs> one name. 45A, B or C, any any of those? Disney Evans. Um, right, we... Ugnaught? One. Um, I'd say Jason does. Is, uh, is, is Zuckus one of them, Jason? Um, that's on a 45C... So, uh, yeah. Sorry, you're on the Empire Alliance with 45 A and B. Sorry, that's my. Oh, sorry, A and B. Yeah, it's A and B, yeah. yeah. So, is Zuckus one? Is that, have I got one now? Quite the one. Uh... Right, well, let, me, let me go through them. So, we've got. We've got. Does it have to be an Empire Strikes Back figure? Can it be a Star Wars figure or an Empire? It could Empire be a Star Wars figure. It can be a Star Wars figure. One, one name. So, Zuckus Jawa
controversial. Stormtrooper. Yes, to both of those. R2-D2. No. So you, that one's no, because oh. it's R2-D2 with uh, sensor yeah. scope. So you've lost that one. Jason. Chewbacca. Yes. Yoda. Yes. Is Have you said up no? Is that one? Snaggletooth. Yes. Hammerhead. Yes. Is Bosk one? You've got ten seconds. Oh, come on, then about half an hour. Yeah, that's because I was Googling this, WCA. I know, but still, 13. R5-D4. Correct. IG-88. Incorrect. Bosk. Incorrect. I'll let you have one more. I'm thinking. Right, time up. You've got eight there. Two you missed Greedo. Yeah, two you missed it. Too late, too late, too late. You missed Greedo. You missed Lobot. You missed 2-1-B. You missed Dengar. And you missed Sand People. Yeah, um, I'm always forgetting Lobot. Right. Hate the Andes. Three figures with droid in their name from the Empire Strikes Back Kenner line. Can I just say, Rich, I, w- I have checked online. Mm-hmm. While, they- while they were having their go, it is definitely Princess Leia Bespin gown. Right. I've seen and it Luke- somewhere, so I'll come back to it. And Luke Skywalker Bespin fatigues. I know I, know I agree. It definitely is, but I've I've got it from somewhere. So as soon as the SWC back up, comes back up, I'll sort it out. Right. Okay, droid. Droid. So- is it 2-1-B FX7? medical droid. And is it FX7? Medical droid. Is he? I don't know. I wasn't listening to... Um, I'm going to give you 30 <laughs> seconds, so you've got three figures with droids in their name. From the Empire Strikes Back Rain. I'll let you confer. I'll let you confer and then come okay. back. Okay, well, it's not IG-88. I think it's uh, FX7, 2-1-B, and... It's only... There's only the R2, C-3PO, <laughs> one of the uh, bounty hunters... Uh, yeah, sort of I, on, but they don't say that on those because no, that's the mistake. The, the bounty hunters are definitely not listed as droids. IG88. Five. <laughs> FX721B and it's, it's not R2D2 with sensor scope. Your time is up. Right. Okay. <laughs> FX7 medical droid, I will give you. 21B, I warned because not for referred to as 21B medical droid on that card back. The other two you were missing was the Death Star droid and the Power droid. Uh, so, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I said Empire yeah. Strikes Back card. Neither has Greedo, neither has uh, Jawa, neither has uh, Empire. Ah, He's so harsh. Not, not, well, not, you got not, you not, got not, the not. other one wrong, Rich. I assume you got this one as well. Yeah, oh, <laughs> right. I made it. You know what? You've just That's, you've lost a point there. Yeah. Right. Not, Return of the Jedi line. Four figures. This one's actually easy. Jason and Pete. Four figures which are spelled out phonetically on the Return of the Jedi line. There are only four figures which are spelled out phonetically. 2-1-B. Yep. He's just obsessed, isn't he? <laughs> R5-D4. Correct. Now, for the other two, I want you to be specific. I'm only going to give you two guesses. R2-D2 with sensor scope. Well done. And one more. C-3PO removable limbs. No. Oh. You got that one wrong. It's actually C-3PO with removable oh. limbs. Come on. Right. Off to oh, the two Andes. The one action figure on the Return of the Jedi line that has the word Ewok included in his title. That would be Lumat Ewok Warrior. Incorrect. It's the low grade Ewok medicine. Oh, that's what you should have waited for me. Sorry, Andy. (laughs) Right. We were were conferring, Rich. No, you weren't. No. Back to Jason and Pete. The one action figure on the Return of the Jedi car box. That has two different titles. Anyone's in Richard's quiz, isn't it? 
<laughs> Two different titles. On a Return of the Jedi card. Yeah. Any ideas, Pete? Um, oh God, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of... Uh, I can only think of droids with, you know, like when they, like I said, spout out a droid name, but... Oh, what Christ. I can't, I can't even think, Jason. I can't even think. Two different titles. Is it an Ewok with a double double name, maybe? Could be. Uh, what's his name? Chief Chirp or something stupid. Five. I don't know. No idea. Okay, time up. It is Tuscan Raider Brackets Sand People. Oh, oh of course. Of course. It's always easy. Right. Okay, off to Andy and Andy. The one figure on the Return of the Jedi line with Bounty Hunter in its title. Is that Boosh? And I'm conferring here. Andy, is that Boosh? Leia Boosh disguise. Does it say Bounty Hunter on that? I think that's just Princess Leia Organa Boosh disguise. I think I know. It's not. I think I've got it right in front of my of my desk. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What did uh, he Lando, see there? What did he Lando, see right in front? Of, is that cheating going on? No, I've Lando, got the figure sitting there in front of me. I said it's on my wall. Lando skiff guard disguise. It's on my wall. Sorry, Rich. What's the question again? Which which figure has what? The one figure with bounty hunter in its title. Could it be an Empire character? Could it could, be, could yeah. It could be a Star Wars character could if be. there was one. There was one. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it's Boba Fett bounty hunter. Got Dengar, IG88, Zuckus, Fulham, Bosk. Ding. Is it Bosk? Bosk bounty hunter. I got a funny feeling it might be Dengar. Okay, I don't know. I'll go for go for that if you want. Oh, it's so lucky it was Bosk. Okay, oh. Bosk bounty Rich, hunter. Rich, I've got I've got um I've got a no, I don't know whether this was a question, but I've got a, a in front of me. Literally sitting there on my wall, mm-hmm. I've got a uh, Bosk with says Bounty Hunter underneath it, and an IJ8 with Bounty Hunter underneath. Yeah, it. but that's not the callback I looked at, so you're not getting that one. <laughs> right, okay. Um, this okay, is not, this is not right. a well researched. Okay, it's going on with Jason. No, no, actually, no. I'm going to give this one to Andy and Andy. Thirteen figures. So I'm just <laughs> going to give you the first thirteen answers. I'll learn, yeah. On a tri logo card back. With a rank, but not a job title, so I'm not accepting pilot. It is a rank. But like Admiral Akbar and General Admiral Akbar one. So there's your first one gone. Don't shout it, things out because I'll take them. He's giving it to a pair of rankers here. Is Princess a ty- uh, a rank? You you tell me. Oh come on! I, I, <laughs> Should I, we go I, for I General Maydean instead then, Andy? That's what General Maydean's your second one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think Princess is a rank. I think that's a title. In, Imperial Commander. Imperial Commander. Rebel Commander. Yes. Imperial Commander is there. And Rebel Commander, I'm going to give you as well. So you got four. This Lord, Lord Darth Vader? Nope, he's not no, referred to. There's nope, no... so you've lost uh, that one. Uh, 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 the, the, there, was, there was a query in my voice there. There's no... No, not having that. <laughs> there's no... There's these, these are written on the card. He's not called yeah, Lord Darth Vader. written on the cards. He's yeah. not called Lord Vader. But I think it's going to have to be Princess because... There's not enough other figures. Yeah, but it's not so just prin- called princesses that I need more. Princess Leah Organa. Correct. Princess Leah Organa, I'll give. Princess Leah Organa Bespin Gown. Correct. Uh, Princess Leah Organa Hoff Outfit. No, incorrect. Uh, oh. You've only got two more earlier allowed. For ranks. Any more princesses? What about Endor? Combat oh, Poncho. 
I think she uh, might just Princess Leia combat poncho. Yeah, that, that would be one. That's incorrect because it's actually Princess Leia Organa combat poncho. Uh-huh. Oh, one more. Go, <laughs> oh, <you> bloody picky. <laughs> He's hard, isn't he? Let's pick a non. Is there any more non princess ones? Uh, there's too much scope for error with the Organas. Uh, um, there's no Rep- command, Commander Skywalker or anything like that. Gen- com- oh no, General Calrissian. That's, no, yeah, uh, right, General Calrissian's not one. Right, okay. So the ones you were missing were the Rebel <laughs> Commando, the Emperor, Chief Chirper, Atta Commander, command- Star Commando's Destroyer Commander, one. Rebel Soldier, and Princess Leia Organa in combat poncho. Right, and I'm going to knock one of them off. Chief what, what, what rank oh. is soldier, Richard? So, soldier's the bottom rank. <laughs> right. right, okay. Right, I'm knocking another mark off to, for you. Right, Pete and Jason. There was only one figure, one, with action figure on their nameplate on a trilogo callback. Jason, this is for you. Uh, action figure? Something yep. Just figure. one. Just one? I wouldn't even know where to start. Jason, you're card boy. Something, something, action figure. So try, you say, oh God, I don't know. It would, if, if, it even put that. It's got to be something that's only on Tri Logo and not on the previous ones, otherwise it would be more memorable, I think. Is it, um, well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a figure, but um, is it meaning that it's on the like the stick, you know, that stickery thing that was put on? No, nope, it's on the nameplate. On the nameplate, oh my God. No. You've got 10 seconds. Oh, Jason, what could it be? Who was the, what was the name of the guy who flew the, the Falcon with the... Um, Nine-Nan. Nine-Nan. Right, Nine-Nan's your answer. Unfortunately, it's not. It's Paplu. Paplu action figure in brackets. I don't know why Paplu is the only one that has action figure in it. Wow, uh, that explains it. No one was right. buying what. Right. Back to Andy's. The one figure with no name on the card back, but was named on the nameplate. Is that I, I got that it. I'm, Ewok? Yeah, conferring here, Rich. Is is it Romber? I think he was just named as Ewok Warrior. Ah, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I, Ewok rings a bell, but I wouldn't know which one. I was thinking actually, it was Wicket. They was he was he Wicket Warwick W Wicket on the nameplate? But they would have some kind of name. He wasn't just called yeah. Ewok, was he? No, I I got a, it was the two that were blacked out. I think. Well, that was Low Grey and Chief Chirper. No, but they, they had the character names, and they they were, I think, on the tri logo card back. It would, I, th- I think, it's Lumat or Romba or Paplu. A- hang on, hang on, it's Lumat and Paplu, isn't it? The seventy nine back. The two, the two that were blacked out, Lumat and Paplu. So I would be tempted. I would be tempted. I want to go your next Lumat. answer. Whichever one you see next is what you're going with. Lumat. Is that what you're going with? What do you think, Andy? <laughs> I thought that was the one you were going for. I okay. thought that was the next answer. It's yeah. incorrect. Yeah, ah! It's incorrect. It's actually Lumat Ewok Warrior. I told ah. you I wanted the full name. Right. <laughs> sure. The six on a Power of the Force card back. So this is uh, Jason and Pete. Six with the word pilot in. On oh, Power of the Force? Yeah. Oh, crikey. X-Wing pilot. After have to ask the difficult that's one. That's incorrect, then. Jason, because that's only part of its title. So there's one of your six gone. Oh. <sighs> X, Luke X-Wing pilot. That's incorrect. That's two. You've gone <laughs> that one. Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot. That's incorrect, Jason. That's uh, three gone. Yes, yes on. Uh, B-Wing pilot. Correct. I'll give you a B-Wing pilot. Woohoo! We got A-Wing some... pilot. 
Earwing pilots, correct. You've got two more guesses. We're on a roll, Jason. We're actually saying the right things. Sci fighter pilot. Incorrect. One more to go. Jason, stop. Just, just confer. 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 Pilots, pilots, pilots. Who was a pilot? On Power the Force? I don't know. Well, Luke X-Wing was, but I can't get his name right on the card. Is that your answer, Jason? You tried no, he's not, no, he's not. He's conferring with me. Conferring. I like the conferring. Um, There's definitely a Power of the Force Luke X-Wing card, but I've tried all the various combinations to see what his name is on the card. Well, if you did, you'd have the answer, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm trying to go, are the pilots, Jason, on the Power of the Force card? Was there a TIE Fighter pilot on Jason on the card? I said that one, and I got, I got dinged on that. Five seconds. Oh, pilots, I don't know. Pilot, pilot. Luke X-Wing. No, I said Luke X-Wing. <laughs> right, okay, that's incorrect, Jason. So, the ones you were missing, the Imperial TIE Fighter pilot. Ugh. Luke Skywalker X-Wing Fighters pilot. Cloud Corps pilot. Oh, and Lando Calrissian general pilot. General pilot? Yep. So um, just, that, that's what's referred to. So I'm just going to top them all up now. Uh, the, the SWC has just come back up online. And unfortunately, what I've done here is it does see Luke Bespin outfit, Leah Bespin outfit. And I remember now the card back image I had was so small. So I went off the names of the SWCA. Um, so you're correct, uh, guys. Obviously, it was fatigues and gown. Um, but I'm not going to give you the marks because you've been irritating us in the last 10 minutes. So <laughs> Don't believe everything you read winner, on the internet, Rich. Exactly. The winner, um, because I haven't counted the points up, is Pete and Jason. Oh, yeah. The comedy factor. Okay, so well done, guys. Recount. Recount. Well, I've counted them again, and Pete and Jason still wins. So Champion well done, Pete and Jason. Take your victory and celebrate in style. All right, then, guys. So let's head over to Rebel Briefings. Bespin Prime Collections Shine Bootlegs Booted Rebel Scum Changing Hands Prop Store Offers Wonderful Things Slave Gone The Rebel Base is on a moon on the far side. We are preparing to orbit the planet. Bespin Prime Collections Shine, Richard. What on earth is this? It's about not more Facebook drama, surely. Well, Bestman Prime, group run by Robin Borkra and I think it's Anthony Spinicky. I can't remember who is your other admin on that one now. Um, but they've been running on Facebook now for a year or so. And they've been running a hashtag BPTop3. And they've been asking collectors to highlight three items from their collections that stand out for them. Uh, so Andy Preston, I'm going to let you go with this because uh, I'm not a member of Bestman Prime. I cut down on my groups a long time ago because I was definitely getting Star Wars Overload. Um, so what have you noticed on there, Andy? What's been tickling your chins? Yeah, it's been a really, really good couple of weeks following this hashtag. And uh, I, I would recommend you and anybody jump on there, even if it's just temporarily. Have a good look through this hashtag. As you say, hashtag BP Top 3. 
some amazing stuff being shown. But what I really like about this is that in amongst all the absolute outstanding, one-of-a-kind, wonderful items, a lot of people are also sharing some very personal stuff, childhood stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the, the stories behind some of these things are absolutely fantastic. And picking out just a few examples of some of the ones I've found um, and uh, some of the collectors that will be known to all of us. Bruce White. Now, we know Bruce is a Leia collector, and he's picked three items. He's got one historical, one sentimental, and one unique. So his historical item is a Princess Leia hand-painted, hand-glued, first shot, no COO, prototype pre-production hand-cut cape. Uh, a fantastic item. A sentimental item, a Carrie Fisher autographed adult novelty toy. Bruce was picked to go on stage and, as he says, be joyfully humiliated by Carrie at her show Wishful Drinking, and he was rewarded handsomely. He was given uh, this uh, adult toy, and he's got that displayed in a frame with a picture of him with Carrie and the ticket stubs and a handful of glittered confetti that she threw all over him. And the third item, a unique item, this is a vintage layer bootleg glitter pinback button. Unlicensed pins, only available through mail order back in the day. He's only just received it, and uh, he says, yeah, Carrie Fisher loved glitter. He says, this is just a confluence of wonderfulness. Manuel Gottlicker, and this is highlighting some of the foreign items. He's put up three brilliant pieces. Uh, a Return of the Jedi Ewok Village Endor store display, the only one which has survived worldwide. So this is a display which would have been in the shop. It's a square cabinet, um, glass sides, or, and uh, an Ewok Village and various other toys inside it. Absolutely fantastic. Second one is a German store display, Darth Vader competition. Now, we've seen the cardboard Darth Vader um, stands where you get the competition entry forms and Darth sort of gripping in his cardboard hands a little box that the entry forms were put in. But this one is on top of a, an action figure display rack. And Manuel says this seems to be, uh, it never made it to the stores. This was only used as a toy fair in the 1980s. And then his third item, a German Empire Strikes Back Death Star droid with a quality control sticker. Another one, Paul Macklin collectibles on, um, and, and he's he's got three first shot uh, action figures with mushroom tip DT sabers, Luke, Ben, and Vader. He's got a photo sample diecast slave one used for Empire Strikes Back card backs and packaging, still with a wax on it. And a photo sample Boba Fett with his hand-glued blaster used, he says, for most everything in the Empire Strikes Back through to Power of the Force era, including the skiff packaging. Amazing pieces. But then, other end of the scale, and no less fantastic, Andrew Palmer. Um, he's picked three personal items. He's picked a factor, uh, not factors, Fascal R2-D2 sticker. He just says there's something about the colour scheme and the font of this Archie that really appeals to me. Next, he's picked a force-beam lightsaber. Uh, his parents bought him and his brother one for Christmas one year. They went to their nan's landing at the top of the stairs, closed the curtains to make it dark, and smashed the heck out of them. And the third item, the only family photo he's got that features Star Wars from his childhood, showing him receiving his Millennium Falcon for Christmas. So three very, very personal items. Not top dollar, not especially rare, but uh, very, very personal to Andrew. And that's the mix of stuff that we're getting in this uh, um, in, in, in this hashtag. And uh, as I say, some truly wonderful stuff. Get on there and have a look. I'm surprised you've not mentioned uh, Jason's trolling, Andy, where he chose three things designed just to annoy you. 
<laughs> Me? Would I do that? <laughs> yes, Jason. Jason has picked the, the the three items that just purely by coincidence happen to be um, fairly near the top of my want list. Bless you. <laughs> and that's the, the the ten helix felt tip pens. That's the Palitoy uh, window sticker. Um, toys are here, and the Han Solo and Gamoran Guard HCF notebook. So, uh, if anybody's got one of those that they'd like to sell to me, and uh, I can uh, catch up with Jason a little bit on those, then uh, oh, yes, I've, I've got all three in one photo. You do, yeah. Did anybody else see that? Because uh, you know that certainly sounds well worth going and checking out. So some great items there. Hey, yeah, you was... have to have a look. There's the original, the original slave layer gold bikinis on there. That's oh. Lopez's top three. Right, and I've come. Gus loves his new living friend. It's there's some actually. What Andy was because I'm I'm on that group. Rich and was looking at a lot of the stuff that's going there. But some of the stuff Andy was mentioning, I hadn't even seen, and I keep quite a close eye on it. There's just so much on there. What what jumped out for me? I I quite like my bling. So there's a lot of nice sentiment on there, but. Brock Walker, three absolutely outstanding pieces. So he's got a painted Y-Wing protomold stroke hard copy hybrid. And that's, for, for me, actually, that's that's the least impressive of his um, of his items because it looks, from you know, from the photo, it doesn't actually look too dissimilar from the production thing. I don't, if you walked into his collection room, you wouldn't think it was anything too special unless you looked up close, but it is absolutely amazing. But these are the two that, that did it for me. There's the Emperor's Throne concept mock-up from the 1983 Toy Fair showroom. It's got, it's got an Emperor sat on there and they sort of, I don't know what that's made of, but sort of essentially a toy throne that was never never made and another another proof here and again this one jumps out as being special it's a um it's a revenge princess leah proof that's nice enough on its own but it's got a mocked up black and white knee numb image over the top of it and it's absolutely amazing so i love love those are really good so that's what jumped out for me yeah, absolutely awesome name. It, I mean, Best Spin Prime is very much a top-end Facebook group. I remember that from the time I was on there. There's some of the items on there were absolutely stellar. The moon with the Rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. Bootlegs booted, Richard. So, so has someone been kicked out or something for some some reason? Oh, not more drama. Yeah, sadly more drama, and I don't want to bash anybody on this at all, so that's not the route we're going to go down. Um, but Michael Havens posted a quite unhappy post on, I think it was something like 88 different Facebook groups that went on and on and on. And his post was about some bootleg items that he'd had graded. And what had happened was, I think a friend of ours, Todd Osborne, possibly, or, or one of his friends, had spotted on eBay that uh, those were bootleg items that were graded that were being sold, which were fake. And these were through Michael Havens' account. So that was pointed out to Mike, and Mike's first post was, Well, it's a holiday weekend, so the old school Illuminati like Joe I and his team of angry little elves have really leaned into this one. They are bashing me over the internet as usual. I got a bunch of Mexican bootlegs last time I was in Mexico. I was told they were legit by a buddy, but since I've never seen them before, I sent them off for grading. They came back graded, and I put them on eBay eventually after about a year of showing them off on the boards and stuff like that. Now, at that point, I think, fine, no problem. He's been told by a Mexican friend that they're legit, they've been graded as legit, didn't have an issue at all up to that point. He then continues, now supposedly, according to this handful of people that have bashed me in the ICCC since day one, they're saying there's a problem with the grading company and claim I'm a scammer and so on and so forth. And I'm going to tell you the problem. 
Half of the elite New York Collectors Club have bashed me, the IC and the ICCC for seven years straight. You can go and look there, there's plenty of proof. They pick on the convention, even though I invite them to come and be panel presenters. They pick on me, even though I try to always forgive and forget and move on to grow the hobby. Shoot, they literally have one entire Facebook page where they all go to make fun of me and the IC for four years now. It is called the Mock Page, run by Sky Payne and some others. Um, and Sky Payne has stepped down from that Mock Page. So that was a real shame because I think the Mock Page has been entirely misrepresented in this one. So now on a holiday weekend, again, they dig into me on items that I've talked about for well over a year and a half. I have asked opinions, I've even had them graded, and not a single one of them came forward to tell me any good information. They just wanted me to go through all the processes, get them graded, so they could do exactly what they are doing today, take one last shot of trying to put everybody back under their thumb, if they want to play Star Wars. Don't worry, it's not going to happen everyone, is allowed to play Star Wars, and little petty angry custodians of this hobby will never again be able to bully and exclude collectors because the ice exists and it can't be killed. As I've always said, they can either keep doing it, or they can come up and join the team. Or they can just hop on the IC train and enjoy the ride, and have fun and play Star Wars with everybody else. I mean, you're right there, Mike. That's what it's all about. But their stupid secret Illuminati nonsense loses its shine more and more each day, because nobody should ever be allowed to play Star Wars together. It's fun. My biggest problem is they won't ever help me in the past year and a half any one of these haters could have given me a PM and said, Hey Mike, look into this because it's some new repo just created in Mexico that even the great companies don't know about yet. God forbid they help out fellow collectors ever without it being profitable for them. Instead, they wait as long as they can and they never contact me, they just bash me. And their Illuminati cronies back them up. Now at this point I started thinking, well actually I disagree with that entirely because I've always found everybody um, in that group, uh, and generally in line anyway, to be extremely helpful. So I was a little bit disappointed in that, in, in that slant, but equally I understand why, when you consider the amount of, especially body shaming, and I don't think anybody um, on the internet can ever agree that uh, Mike Havens deserve any kind of body shaming, and not just, not just Mike, anybody at all, because, you know, that that's not what this is about, we're adults for God's sake. These people are the problem with the hobby, the mock pages, the problem with the hobby, because it holds and hides information just order to screw over the collectors. Now even though these are graded, and even though I've seen them on numerous other stores pages and eBay for sale, I believe I've only sold one or two. If anyone has purchased one of these, I will 100% give you back a 100% refund until the end of time, there's no rush. Whatever there's a rush about is finding out about if this bootleg is real or if it's fake, if it's modern, if it's vintage, and how to tell. That is what people working together that collect these are getting the bottom of. Unfortunately, as any of you have seen my live sales, I don't collect bootlegs anymore. No pre-production prototypes that matter because the way I've been completely mistreated, stomped on, picked on, harassed, and berated by these so-called super collectors. I've always tried to be nice, and I always vote to play on the IC. So anybody that collects bootlegs that is willing to help fellow of it collectors, let's talk about what is wrong or right with these. Anybody who bought one, just let me know. Your refund will be literally immediate. Thanks, Mike. So at that point, you know, you, you have to think, you know, how Mike has been treated very, very harshly on many of the Facebook groups. Um, I think obviously Mike's an easy target because his enthusiasm, his big ego, his passion. Uh, and sometimes, you know, whether he's intended to or not, he has rode over, you know, some of that as he's been pushing forward. He's brown because one thing that Mike is very good at is pushing his brand, you know, and, and good on him. He, he's done that. Uh, but obviously it has, it has ruffled some feathers, um, which is a shame that we're at this stage. He then posted an update. This matter has been reviewed by Cass and determined to have been caused by error. 
The figures have been removed from their cases in an attempt to rectify my previous statements. I was warned by a member of the community about these figures back in January 2019. Now, I forgot to mention this just above when he said that nobody had contacted him because a guy whose name escapes me sadly did say that he contacted Mike in January 2019 and he told them no suspect. However, I did not re recollect this warning when I submitted these. I made a mistake and move it on. Cass will be correctly leaving these as non-vintage figures. I mean, if anything's good has come of it, it's it's that CES have now identified the fact that there's another, um, you know, set of retro uh, bootlegs out there that are very, very modern uh, when compared to what the thought would be. I mean, we've knew about mixing bootlegs from the 90s um, and the 2000s, but there seems there's some that's even more modern than that. So, guys, just general questions for you out there. The first one I'm going to start with is bootlegs. So, I'm going to be honest with you, I would never be able to tell, ever, about what's a vintage bootleg and what's a modern bootleg. I've only ever bought one before, and that was off Joe Y. And I completely trust Joe. Uh, and when he sold me an item, I have 100% confidence that it, that it is a vintage bootleg item. You know, he absolutely knows his stuff. But for whatever reason, things like this... Is it the fact that these guys are not sharing the information? I disagree completely because I always think that that bootleg group is great and I've had lots of people on there sharing information. So why in this particular situation, and it possibly is just an ICC thing, why is it that this situation has happened? One thing I would say is that they all have, I mean, they all had to go at Havens for being a scammer and selling fake figures, but he admits himself he doesn't know that much about bootlegs. He got them graded by a grading company, and then he sold them. So, you know, if there's any problem, it ultimately goes back to the grading company for grading them. Why they're having, you know, they're having a go at Mike about it because it's Mike and they can have a go. But if it had been anybody else, they'd just go, your grading company's got that wrong, and it'd be on the grading company more than anything else. Yeah, I agree, and there was a lot of people focused on the grading company during that. But sadly, the, the one problem I've got with CES at the moment is that uh, Ross Bar, I love the guy, absolutely brilliant, but he's often pushed out as the public face of CES. And unfortunately, Ross has been going through some really difficult personal problems at this moment in time, and the last thing he could be bothered with is any kind of CES drama. Uh, so because nobody else on cast seems to be able to come forward and say, okay, Ross is you know, unavailable at this moment in time, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there and defend the company. That just never happened at all. Um, and sadly, Ross had to come forward, you know, try to deal a little bit, explain to people that he probably didn't want to, explain to people that he's having a personal um, problem at this moment in time, and, you know, can you, it'll just get sorted in the meantime. So did that deviate the intention towards Mike Havens more so than it would ordinarily? I think I doubt it, because I think there's, it doesn't seem, Mike can't put a foot right most of the time. Um, you know, sadly, seems to be vilified from pillar to post at different times. Right, guys, so is it just Mexico then? Why is it that we don't hear things about modern Uzai bootlegs? Why do we not hear about modern Polish bootlegs? Why is it always Mexico? Um, unless I'm completely wrong, I mean, Andy's, Pete, have, have you heard anything of, you know, modern Uzai figures being made, for example? No, but there are model trims. There are fake trims, and I think with the Mexican stuff, it's just the sheer numbers. Not quite mass-produced, but you know, in in a sense, it is. Come over the name of the guy. Is it Pablo? There's a guy. There's a guy over there that's just churning out very convincing bootlegs, and and I've got quite a few bootlegs, but I have to trust the seller. I think you, you mentioned you mentioned that. It, it's I'm I'm not an expert. If someone if someone tells me it's original and I trust them, and it's um and it's not a huge 
gamble then i then i'm going to go for it these things cost more and more and more so i, I bought the bulk of mine where you get you used to get a polish bootleg for 30 quid or something it's it was not really worth faking as soon as things start going up into the, the hundreds of dollars hundreds of pounds or thousands of pounds then it is so model trims is a good example and that's actually um Patsy Pettuccini um, has just highlighted his whole model trem sort of loose collection on Facebook this evening. He's got hundreds of these things, um, loads of duplicates of the of the original figures, and you know they're, they're several hundred dollars each. These um, these Brazilian trems, so it's worthwhile for someone to be faking them to to get them out in the market now with their patsy's the expert and he and he um he spots the trends and lets people know if, you, if you're if you're in two minds you ask him and, and and he tells you the answer the i think with the mexican stuff a lot of it's a lot of it's relatively cheap which is still which is why it um and produced in the 90s anyway so they got that you've got that sort of question mark about what you know, there's a modern bootleg and a vintage bootleg. If a lot of it's made in the 90s, it kind of falls between those two stools anyway. But as as such, it's not a huge amount of money. So people kind of churn it out using the same moulds. Um, it doesn't really look any different. And if people aren't paying a, a huge amount, they're not too they're not too worried. But yeah, when when you get these sort of carded ones and it's something a bit special, they do change for a lot more money change hands for more money and that's where people get scammed but yeah as you, as you said you expect the grading companies to be able to identify them that's why they are there they're an authentication service and if they can't authenticate them you know what hope do the rest of us have oh absolutely i, I totally agree with that andy those um, i'm not going to say the the bootleg you know fanatics because I, I think that's not fair but I, I think anybody who dips their toe in the bootleg market they, they will all say that you have to know your stuff it's so easy to get burnt on it and they will have no sympathy whatsoever um over this i think if i was buying a bootleg item i would it, it, yes you've got to know your seller definitely although as we know from previous shows even that's not often good enough but I think, you know, that certainly the Korean company, they used to have a deal with Joe Y where they would send him figures to authenticate and I believe that that stopped fairly quickly, which is a real shame because I've always found Joe Y to be incredibly helpful and he's always responded to questions that I've got, you know, even though I'm like completely useless at bootlegs, I will hold my hand up and say I am totally useless bootlegs and I, I couldn't tell, you know, one from another, but he's always helped me and responded and said, you know, avoid this or yes, that one's fine. Um, so I just don't get why the green companies don't rely on somebody like him, um, you know, because it's yet yet again, or they're just not bothered, or they're not bothered about the fact that they've got this wrong because the 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 volume of other things is so high, it, it, it's immaterial to them. I've I've got I've just got no idea, no idea at all. Um, but I, personally, I think if a green company is grading an item, they've got to have an expert. They've absolutely have to, you know, and and. Who would like see? There's a lot of passionate collectors in the UK, right? A lot, a lot of guys collect this stuff. Could you name one bootleg expert? No, I just think I was just thinking the same, and it's like you know, for UKG, and I'm not bringing UKG into question at all. No, but I don't know whether they have a bootleg expert. If I sent a bootleg in to be graded by them. Who, exactly who would they call upon they might well have someone behind the scenes and and you know it, it'll be fine but if they haven't it's going on their on their judgment based on the information out there which is exactly you know like any other collector would do 
and that and I'm assuming that's what Kaz has done in this uh, in this situation it's it's really difficult and with so and it's not just um you know it's not just Joe Y with with the bootlegs there's lots of different ang- elements of the collection community that are quite niche groups and grading companies can't possibly have someone who's involved in all these different groups all these different areas all over the world it's it's impossible so ha- ha- being able to call on those experts out there is essential i would say and if and if that's not happening then why send the item in in the first place Death star approaching estimated time to firing range 15 minutes rebel scum changing hands i hope this is, isn't more drama richard no, I don't think this one is. Um, so Philip Wise, the the owner, the guy who set Rebel Scum home, and you know, I think we all owe a lot of gratitude to Philip Wise. Uh, yes, he stood on the shoulders of the Rascovy groups before that, but obviously when the forums came out, he was the one who pushed that forward in a new direction. So after more than 25 years, I'm retiring from Rebel Scum, and I'm delighted to pass the control of the site to Joshua Duazo, a guy I met earlier this year after two of my good friends sold part of their collections to his company. It can be found on Facebook at Order66Toys, and we know we know them well. He has a team that is full of passionate people anxious to pick up here and move it into the next phase. They travel the world buying Star Wars collections and then curate them into groups and sell them on Facebook Live events. It will be a controlled migration to Joshua, so don't expect a ton of changes, other than a resurgence of content, taking advantage of their knowledge and access to the mass quantities of Star Wars collectibles that they come across. It's been quite a ride for all of us here with you, but I'm also looking forward to have a little bit more time building things in my new Wookiee workshop. Philip at wiseacres.com is my new email address, though philip at rebelscum.com will work for some time as well. And I think from all of us at the Vintage Rebellion, we've got to say a huge thank you to Philip Wise. Um, yes, not everybody agreed with the way that Rebel Scum was run. Um, and then, you know, not all of that was down to you. Absolutely not. But I think Rebel Scum, for the best part of 20 years, was the go-to place. The amount of knowledge and information on there that sadly often is just sitting there and perhaps somebody like a Tommy Garvey or somebody like that can start, you know, pulling some of the threads out and putting them on the SWCA blog or something like that because there's some amazing, amazing items on there. I've got to say, personally, Rebel Scum was my first forum. That's what I visited first and very quickly I got pushed on to stores from UK due to the fact that obviously I was from the UK and a lot of Americans back then they were a bit feisty feisty lot back then and they didn't want to know so never mind that was that was all that was back in the in the day it's all uh, you know much better now Rebel Scum I mean check it maybe it's getting down to once every three months now I think um, sadly you know there's not a lot going on in Rebel Scum um, a lot of repetitive um you know things coming up so first of all i'm going to ask um you know guys what are your memories from rebel scum um you know what was your first earliest interactions and what do you think is going to happen to rebel scum now so then it's been taken over by you know order 66 toys which are clearly a selling group and yes i'm sure they are passionate i'm sure they've got a lot of knowledge but they are no chris good joe Gulliuses, they are no ron salvatores you know they are no she intergens or anything at all and um, what does this mean now for rebel scum so just take this away the main uh, Rebel Scum website, I visit very little at all, never have done. Uh, they've, they've got some great photo archives on there, but it's largely a news site. It's largely connected with modern collecting, new items coming out, so not really an area that I'm particularly interested in. But the forums is a different matter. Uh, as you say, after the uh, Rascovy days, the Rebel Scum Vintage Forum was the place to be 
Uh, it was certainly my online home for quite a number of years back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And as you say, there's a hell of a lot of knowledge buried in the threads on that forum. Um, some very, very good posts. You know, they, they come up occasionally on uh, on web searches if you're looking for something obscure. Um, and it's nice to go and browse and sort of go through some of those old uh, old threads and those those little repositories of knowledge. The traffic on the forum has died off in recent years. People have migrated. Certainly, I would say my home now is either on Facebook or on SWF UK. It's you know it, it's it's just changing times and people have uh, people have moved on. But uh, yeah, an awful lot to be thankful to Rebelscum and Philip Wise for. Yeah, when I when I started out collecting back in like 2006, my main places I went were again there were forums. It was the Imperial Outpost, which was a UK forum, which has now been and gone. It was Rebel Scum. Um, I was. It was that was the premier place to go for a number of years, and then uh, SWF UK came came along afterwards. Um, I think. I think things kind of. There was a kind of turning point for for the, for the Rebel Scum forum, and again, it was a big drama thing at the time. Uh, and it was when Joe Y had been had been banned from Rebel Scum, um, uh, you know, just for being opinionated or I can't exactly remember why. But um, he'd asked for all his bootleg um, limelights to be deleted from the forum. And um, that him and Philip Wise had an ongoing fight about that, where Philip Wise claimed that anything, any image that was posted onto his onto his forum was was his at that point, And he could do whatever he wanted with the images. And um, the terms and conditions for Rebel Scum were changed at that point, And it was made clear that if you posted any image into the forum at that point the the image would become it would be owned by rebel scum and they could do what they want with it at that point um as a result of that a lot of collectors stopped limelighting or posting things for sale because they 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 they, they, they didn't agree with this this thing where you know they'd lost ownership of their images and i think ultimately the joe wide bootleg thread I think ultimately they did remove the images in the end, but at that point the damage had been done. The you know the the amount of uh, posts going through the group had declined as a result of that, and it was just as the Facebook groups were taking off. So um, yeah, it was it, it was a great place to be at this time. But I think I think all things kind of they have their moment in the sun, and then things move somewhere else. So, but good times when I was there. So there you go. I've got I've got very fond memories of Rebel Scum joined about the same time, Jason, two thousand and six, and it was a while after I found Star Wars Forum UK. You know, certainly, good few months, six months or so, when you know I first started sort of online collecting, and the drama was one of the greatest things about it. You know, Facebook does have its drama, but it's spread across so many groups. I'm rarely rarely able to follow it, and it's a bit like the, the bootlegs thing you were discussing earlier, Rich. I was aware of it going on, but I didn't follow it because it, it, it's so it's so complicated. Rebel Scum is all there in one place, you know, it was it it great to see. But so many of my items are bought from there, back, particularly back in the good old days where it used to be £1 to $2. So most of my American pieces were coming over at great exchange rates, really nice collectors on there as well you know there were there were people who were perhaps a little bit arsy but so many really nice collectors a lot that that aren't um in the community anymore I remember um baldy locks was uh, was a really nice guy bought a lot of uh, micro collection of him and it just it's just a great group and and it isn't just the forums as as, as you've all said but i still use the um 
the, basically you want to know what accessory goes with a figure or when what issue the figure was that kind of archive on the main boards is really useful and and for other lines as well you go for the um oh, it's called what's the not micro collection but the more recent the glue stuff what's that called whatever it's called the micro glue stuff that's that's all listed there you can see what issues there are i just find it a really good resource i hope that all that information is kept when it does change hands and also all those old archive things so if for instance there's the i think it was jason west threads showing what figures came on 79 backs i still go back to those kind of things quite often i don't post on there very often anymore but i do check in and there's some really informative stuff so um you know for, for all the criticism of, of philip wise without him a lot of us wouldn't have met wouldn't have the knowledge that we do have you know that rebel um, rebel scum was a great website a great resource um very much of its time but i hope it it stays around in some form all i would add rich is is uh because I, I agree what what the lads have said and i didn't use it that much to be fair as a forum um i use it more as a guide to like like spoon said with some of the figures and the and the and the lines um i i think it's probably probably underestimated how how much um it linked up you know the rest of the world really because you know, um, it was obviously the Americans are the the big resource, and uh, everyone kind of like you know went down there. I remember going on some of the threads of celebrations, sort of like find out what what was what the deal was before I actually went to a celebration. I didn't really know, so it was very useful for that sort of thing to sort of talk about you know hotels, what you know any insights into that sort of stuff. So tapping into the the American market was probably the biggest part of it for me because obviously there was yeah you know, I think I, I think I bought a couple of things off someone. Uh, once but then before the postage got ridiculous and shipping got you know crazy that's uh but yeah um it's still there Rebel Mace, one minute and closing. prop store offers wonderful things richard always good for wonderful things that none of us can afford apart from andy who buys very expensive coats yeah obviously you know i wish i had the job that andy did i know that for now all right then so prop store well absolutely right i mean the stuff that brandon allinger has been showing off on those videos is absolutely mind-blowing so Andy Preston, i know you've deep dived into it prop store auctions yeah once again some fantastic stuff i mean it's just great browsing through and seeing what they've got on offer isn't it as, as you say none of us could ever dream of affording some of the better pieces on there but uh, we can dream we can dream so i've, I've picked out three pieces uh, which have particularly caught my eye First one is uh, from Revenge of the Sith, surprisingly. So not a vintage piece, but this is an Anakin Skywalker dueling lightsaber. And I uh, picked this one out not only because it's a full lightsaber, it's production made, production used, um, used by Hayden Christensen throughout that movie. But, uh, of course, Anakin's lightsaber is the iconic one that is rescued by Obi-Wan and ultimately ends up being passed over to Luke Skywalker. So it's that classic design. I don't think a Luke lightsaber is ever likely to come up for sale, um, or at least at, at any, you know, any, any um, I was going to say sensible price. This one's not a sensible price, but <laughs> this is probably the, the only way to get that prop ever. So that one really stands out, really appeals. Lovely, lovely lightsaber. Next one is a Ralph McQuarrie illustration, and we'll all be familiar with the picture that Ralph painted of Yoda on Dagobah, and this was used for the radio drama poster, and there's a fan club sticker in various other places it's appeared. Uh, Yoda standing uh, in the middle of the jungle looking all wistful, 
There's all sorts of strange plants and creatures around him. Very, very lovely illustration, very colourful. And this is the original pencil sketch that Ralph did as a preparation for that poster. It's beautifully illustrated, and uh, that would look so good in a frame. Uh, you know, the, the quality of the artwork is just fantastic. I'd love to have anything by Macquarie someday. Uh, again, another piece I'll never, ever be able to afford, but just a beautiful piece of art. And the third thing that I've picked out is not from Star Wars. Um, this is from another one of the franchises that I love dearly. Um, this is from the movie Aliens, and they are selling a pulse rifle um, screen used um, from the character Vasquez, played by Jeanette Goldstein. Um, it's a lightweight um, stunt version, prop version, uh, which, uh, as, as I say, it's been screen matched. They've checked up the, um, the, 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 the paint markings of the scratches and the, the little bubbles in the paintwork. Um, and uh, this, this is used throughout the movie. Absolute iconic weapon. And uh, again, I'd so love to have one of those. That would look just fantastic framed and up on the wall. So uh, that's the three pieces I've chosen. Jason, I'm sure you've been through all that as well. Oh, I'm, I'm just looking now. Uh, I've got one item, which is my non-Star Wars item, which is Gil Gerard's gold jacket from um, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Um, I think that's quite an iconic thing, and I think I'd look really snazzy in a gold jacket. Um, and then looking through the Star Wars stuff, I saw you can get a pile of... Um, they're called swatches, which is little bits of cloth that would have been part of some of the costumes. And even then, they're wanting 100... You know, the the estimates on these... A big pile of bits of cloth is like, you know, several thousand dollars. So that, that was quite surprising. I think for my last item, I'm going to go with a, a, a T-shirt and hat here, which says Revenge of the Ewoks. I think who wouldn't like a crew item that said Revenge of the Ewoks? It's kind of quite classic. That is a classic shirt. Do you know the story behind that one, Jason? No, I don't. Um, can you can you enlighten me, please? I can. Apparently, the story goes, the Ewok actors were having a bit of fun with a production crew one day, and uh, they the, the, the bus came to collect them from their motel. This is out in the Crescent City filming location up in uh, Northern California. Came to collect these guys from their hotel, and they were nowhere to be seen. And the, the, the poor production people who were due to ferry the Ewoks to the location, they were tearing their hair out. These actors had all disappeared. And uh, they, they, they didn't know what to do. They were going to have to cancel the day's filming. And then all of a sudden, the Ewok actors jumped out from their hiding places and they were all wearing Revenge of the Ewok T-shirts and they'd had a great laugh at the expense of the production crew. So that's the story behind that one. Lovely, lovely piece. Very, very rare cast and crew T-shirt. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a fabulous piece. Good choice. Spoons, have you uh, spotted anything interesting in this one? Yeah, it's... Um... There's some lies. It's too much, isn't there, really? Particularly the, the non-Star Wars items has really, really stuck with those. But for Star Wars, what really uh, attracted me, I love my TIE Fighters. Uh, Colin Cantwell is one of the concept artists for, for a lot of the spaceships. His, his um, website's really good. He's a really nice guy as well. And they've got one of his concept drawings for the TIE Fighter. And I just love the way that they such familiar ships look just looks so different it's the you can tell it's a tie fighter but it's got these sort of like broom handles that come out from the body with the the wings right on the end it looks quite different but it's a lovely lovely piece and actually not for, for some original artwork I, I guess colin's no um 
no Ralph Macquarie in in collector's eyes and in sort of Star Wars history eyes, but he's still very significant to it all. It's, and it's got an upper estimate of three and a half thousand dollars for that one. Um, so I, I would, you know, if I had that, I'd be very tempted. Uh, my second item is going to go for a lot more money, and that's the the Rebel Trooper Blaster from Return of the Jedi. And essentially, we'd all know that as the Bespin Blaster. So this is the original one from from the film, upper estimate thirty thousand dollars. And it, you know, that you forget how good Kenner was, didn't you? That that's that's a Bespin Blaster. If that was small, blue, and plastic, that that would be exactly the same. But such a such an iconic item, um, I would really love to have that in my collection and for my uh, my third choice and as i say it was really difficult i was very tempted by the um the night rider number plate <laughs> but um i've gone for uh it's particularly this is the uh, the anniversary this year the raiders of the lost ark crew cap um i think if this was uh, if this was star wars you could certainly add a a naught maybe on on the end of these figures but this has got an estimate of of 500 to 700 dollars Basically, a beige baseball cap with a big Raiders of the Lost Ark badge on the on the front. I could be quite tempted by that. That's a that's a very iconic piece. So that's one of the yeah the crew caps from the making of the film. I've just noticed at the end of the auction there are some actual vintage vintage uh, toy yeah, collecting kind Takara, of Takara wind up R twos and things, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a Death Squad Commander Harbert Mint on card. There's the wind-up R2-D2, as you said. There's a Kenner R2-D2-12 back in there. For some reason, a Yoda Empire Strikes back. They, the, the, the last auction, they had some vintage as well. It's, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it, when it's, when it's yeah. prop stores. That clearly, a collector's got some of these other items and are, are just getting rid yeah. of... So there's a, there's a Mattat box that at. There's an Imperial Shuttle. There's a Droids... Droids card there, and then there's uh, there's the modern Hasbro Katana. So if you if you're looking for one of those, there's a box one of those in there as well. And lastly, they've got the limited edition um, um, Leia Echo Base jacket replica. There's one of those in there as well. The one item that I was looking at is um, because I, I love the Lord of the Rings franchise as well, and this is a hand drawn Hildebrand Brothers sketch of the Hobbits. Um, estimated between ten and fifteen thousand uh, dollars. I think if I bought that, I think I might as well just bury myself there and then because there's some, you know, absolutely stunning stuff on there. But obviously the Hildebrand brothers have a crossover relation to Star Wars. But that, that sketch of the Hobbits is truly fantastic. There's also another item that I love as well. It's a Hildebrand Tower of Orthanc sketch, and that's estimated between four and six thousand dollars. So a couple of really nice items there that aren't Star Wars. Me, 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 me. Go on then, let's see you. Okay, right. There's, there's a couple of random things. I was, I, I wouldn't want to own it because it's awful, but uh, it amused me highly. Which was uh, the um, Return of the Jedi Admiral Akbar prototype mask, which looks ridiculous. Uh, looks like something. It actually looks very similar to that. What was it? That Ochi kind of character that was in. Uh, last well, Rise of Skywalker, it was called. Very odd-looking thing. It looks like that, that that design was recycled. There was a Return of Jedi Sarlacc Pit Tooth. Very interesting. Someone's already had a bid on that one for two and a half grand. But the thing I would have liked, well, would like with this uh, Star Wars um, stuff was a rather random. Pa- oh, no, I've never seen this. What about you, have Andy? Because you're into that sort of thing. Um, was a Star Wars Empire Strikes Back Marla Haley Space for a Little Romance 
British double crown poster. So it's in blue. It's got space for a little romance on the top in white. Um, it's got the kind of like the, the that sort of, you know, slightly skewed uh, design with Han and Leah sharing that tender moment on the Millennium Falcon. It actually does say a tender moment for Han Solo and Princess Leia on board the Millennium Falcon. Will love conquer all. And in big words at the bottom of the poster, romance. So I've never seen that before. Very odd thing. Apparently it was... Uh, it was part of a limited series displaying movie theatre lobbies in 1980. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a poster. You know, real original kind of odd-looking poster. Now, non-Star Wars items, I think I couldn't look past. And obviously, if Andy is selfish enough, like unselfish enough, to sell his coat. And for my birthday coming up soon, which is in January, I think he should buy me the alien egg from Aliens. Um, you know, the actual egg itself was, a, was one of those, a prop. Uh, I'd love to just put that in the front room and scare the bejeebas out of people as they came around. Um, just a wonderful bit of alien history, that is. Rebel Base, one minute and closing. Slave gone. Even more drama. Let's finish with some drama. Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, I've heard this before with Disney. I remember talking to James Burns oh, probably four years ago now, maybe a bit more, and I was in Disneyland Paris, and he said that he'd been told by somebody at Hasbro that Disney has now banned um, Death Troopers, which are obviously in the Rogue One movie. Um, but when I was in Disneyland Paris, I sent James quite a few photos of new items that were coming out that had Death Troopers plastered all over everything. And the reason why I mentioned James is because on Jedi News, um, on June the 26th, he posted, The name Slave One is no more. Long live Boba Fett's starship. With the release of Boba Fett's iconic ship in its latest Lego incarnation, you'll notice that the name Slave One has been dropped in favour of Boba Fett's starship, as directed by Disney. Um, and it's caused a bit of a furor with some people saying, well, what's next? Is Millennium Falcon going to be banned? You know, all this kind of stuff. However, I think having Slave in a title does kind of go against the whole Disney values thing at this moment in time. And from being at Disneyland so many times and doing the backstage um, things at Disneyland Paris as part of the school, uh, I'm very well aware what Disney values um, means. And Disney's been doing this for a long time with um, the Disney movie Songs of the South also being, you know, pretty much shelved and various other um, things as well. So for me personally, Slave One, not really bothered. It doesn't bother me in the slightest if that's now going to get rebranded because it's not going to affect the price of anybody's, you know, Boba Fett's vintage Slave One or anything at all. And I think that's what a lot of people are bothered about. Secondly, there's another group of people who are just, you know, anti-Disney everything because of the way that episode 8, 7, 8, 9 have turned out. Uh, so personally, not a big deal. It uh, doesn't affect me in the slightest, but I'm sure some of you guys have got other opinions on that one. Richard, is, is it not some some part down to the fact that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think is it ever, ever mentioned in a film, slave the word slave one. I mean, in the original films, I can't remember. I don't think. Uh, it, I don't think it is in the originals, yeah. Pete. But it is in some of the later ones, maybe the prequels. It's de- I've definitely heard it mentioned on so maybe maybe one of the animations. I think maybe an animation, but I mean, I, I don't remember being mentioned. But I mean, if you put the word slave one there, I mean, it, it is a bit of an odd title, isn't it? Slave one. Um, I was just wondering whether, yes, I understand, you know, trying to keep, you know, the word slave out of things because of its connotation, especially right at this moment. But also the fact that, I mean, you know, kids buying a, a, a Boba Fett starship are going to be more likely to buy Boba Fett starship than going, oh, slave one. No, I know what that is. Um, they don't really. I mean, it's, it's very rarely used. 
you know, we all know what it is. We all know it's slave one. It ain't going to change anything. It might just add a bit of money to it. Mean, it might add a bit of extra value to some of the vintage stuff because it's like, oh, that's what it was called. Um, yeah, I can't see a problem, but I know full well that there's a Ferrari on um, on Twitter with the, the usual types, you know, what's next? What's next? I think you might be right there, Pete. I think it might just be a marketing decision um, that uh, the name Boba Fett is certainly better known than the Slave One name. So calling it Boba Fett Starship on the front of the box is going to uh, attract more um, custom potentially. And apparently they've, they've been doing the same with some of the other things as well, some of the other Lego sets. The uh, um, the, the Knights of Ren, their Starship, was it, was it the Havoc Marauder or something? They're, they're changing changing the name of that to uh, to, to something, uh, the, the Knights of Ren Starship or something. And uh, <laughs> there's a co- couple of other examples as well. The, the Executor had the name changed to uh, Darth Vader's Super Star Destroyer. Um, so it, it might it might just be a marketing thing, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, on the on the Pelotoy and the Kenner box, uh, and on the on, on the Kenner diecast um, blister card, it's still going to be called Slave One. So uh, yeah, that doesn't doesn't really affect me. There's also, if you think about it, um, a lot of Lego, especially, and I know we're going off a, a modern tangent here, but a lot of them don't have the title of what whatever it is on the boxes because of you know the, the international market because if you start because you have to translate some of the words you ha- you, know, uh, you know if you if you sell in a certain territory as it were sometimes you have to translate it and having sort of more generic words on sets but i, I remember so I'm, I'm sure i've got off i sort of had sets where the name of the item wasn't even on there it was just the number and then that was it there was very rarely any writing outside of star wars you know it didn't even have the the name of the film the thing was from it just has you know a star wars logo uh, picture of the item which you can tell what it is and then and then i think that's about it sometimes well hang on just going back to the whole the getting rid of the slave name didn't they rebrand slave layer to prisoner layer a few year, years back i didn't remember when i was doing yeah the, it is it, the it's jabber's trader they, they jabber's the prisoner and now it's hut slayer so they're trying to get the hut slayer in, into was, vernacular well where was she known as slave layer i don't know anywhere really just exactly there's a lot. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm with the rest of you. I really couldn't care less what it says on a box of Lego by Slave One. But to me, it's people just want to cause create drama where there isn't any, and that's exactly it. Slave Layer was known as Slave Layer to collectors, and then something comes out with a name on it, and people get upset. Well, it should be Slave Layer, but that's it's not. That's not the company. You know, the company's the not first, the first. Um, the first one's on the Power Force. You know, Power Force Two cards. They were Jabba's prisoner. I don't yeah. think Slave ever appeared on there. In fact, I've got a feeling there is one somewhere with Slave on it. I've got, remember, I've got most of the figures. I've got the, the statues and stuff, but I've got the majority of all figure stuff. I can't remember seeing too much Slave, whatever it was. I think I think there's like Slave outfit and Jabba's prisoner outfit. I think there's a bit of that going on. I'd have to go and check, really. Um, get to my box of Slave layer stuff. But she's never, she's never called a slave in the film, is she? Just... No. Not got anything, it's just Princess Leia Organa, but uh, Princess think, Leia concubine. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that now people like to call her Hut Slayer because they're not, of course they're not supposed to be doing any more figures. So I'm still I'm still hoping I sort of live in the dream of uh, them doing that retro doing a retro figure one that would be fantastic. That would really finish off my kind of collection really. Uh, yeah, I can't see kids today being particularly fussed that Boba Fett's spaceship is called. Boba Fett's Starship or whatever it is, rather than Slave One, 
you know, if you've got your vintage toys, it's their Slade one on it. If that's what you like, you should be happy. For this month's licensee section. Me and my mate, we think you're great. And some we like and some we hate. I know him, I've seen him on the adverts. Got any badges, posters, stickers, a t-shirt. So this month we are talking factors. Factors, factors, how you want to pronounce it. I couldn't find a lot of stuff on the history. There's not a there's not a great deal. But they were churning out stuff for a few years. It looked like they were founded in 1973. That was Factors Etc. Incorporated. And looks like they went out of business in... Uh, they went, well, went to bankruptcy, unfortunately. In 1985. So uh, you would have thought that maybe Star Wars would have helped them. But it looks like it killed them off. Bless them. But uh, so it didn't go for a, for a long, long period of time. They were based in a really cool place called Bear in Delaware and I was thinking oh that's that must be a really good name lots of interesting things no it wasn't anyone know what why why they were named Bear the, the town was called Bear did they not wear many clothes maybe anyone else want to want to stab it in the dark of why they were called did they Bear get by bears quite a lot I would have you see if that was the case just I would have thought oh brilliant it's called Bear because of bear attack no the the answer is really dull and it sounded like a really dull place it was uh, there was a tavern called bear and there was a big sign that had a bear on it so they named the place called bear i mean that just ruined all my ideas i'm gonna go with the fact that there was lots of bears eating people and then when they shot all the bears they they decided to call it bear but there we go very and as that is really it's really hard to find anything um it was also one of the companies just churn out i think we've had it before with a couple of companies where they were just literally a kind of factory kind of place. You know, there was no particular, you know, they were just churning out stuff for all sorts of franchises, licensees and stuff um, by the, you know, the million. Um, they obviously didn't do a very good job of it because they went bankrupt, you know, a few years after Star Wars. So if you couldn't make your money out of Star Wars and retire happy, then I don't know, maybe, maybe they invested in too much equipment and stuff to, to knock this stuff out. So I don't know if anyone has any other information. Andy, any, any information on factors you've looked into it at all? Not really, Pete, no, but as you say, they were all over it, um, particularly the first movie. They had so much stuff out there, um, and they they did deals with the fan club. A lot of the fan club stuff came from Factors. Um, they were international. Um, so, yeah, as you say, if they were just started in 1973, blimey, took about right place, right time. First, they made a fortune off the back of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they seem to be part of this, this image factory incorporated, and then there was another... There's a few kind of offsprings. I'm assuming they were just, you know, something called Wine Garof Enterprises also. 
and um, that was a bit older but they they got into all sorts of uh businesses with them as well so it seemed like yeah they, they were just probably you know getting sites to make stuff and churning it out there so yeah not a lot of info very sad but um like i said it was just probably you know you know uh, stack them high and knock them out quickly because i mean their 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 stuff their range is very much like that you know there's there's apart from some of the the clothing wear which obviously you know clothing's quite easy to get produced and then stick something on it there's not a lot of kind of like innovation and stuff so right what i thought was quite fun to talk about very quickly is is badges v buttons now i can't remember if we've ever talked about badges before um if we have then stop me now we call them badges americans call them buttons that it always annoys me i just one of those little bugbears i have with americans so what are pins well, exactly. Pins, I can kind of understand that they they tend to be more your metal kind of badges, don't they? They those kind of like uh, sort of formed metal shaped badges that tend to. I think I can I can kind of accept that. Kind well, of the, accept the, it. There's the, I there's always type, thought there's pin. a type badge on a pin, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. a Did pin badge has got a pin, and then you put a bit of plastic on the back of it after you've put it through your cloth. That's no, no, but there's there's actually one that's on a. You basically it's it's a spike. That you just yeah. thread. Yeah. No, it's like a pin. So the exactly. same thing goes on the back of it. It just threads into your lapel of your jacket or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, that's a pin an badge. An image at the top. That's I would say that's that's the original pin badge. Then yeah. there's those ones you put the little fastener on the back that you sort of punch through. That's more like a tack rather than a pin on those ones. Yeah, that's it. And then and then Americans have this thing with buttons. They call badges buttons. And there's you know I can't find a good enough reason. I've looked around, and you know a badge is a distinctive mark, token, sign, emblem worn on one's clothing or an insignia of some rank or of membership of an organisation. While button button is a knob or disc that is passed through a loop or buttonhole. So we're not having it. If it's got a, if it's got a metal pin on the back, it's not a button. I know it's sort of used as sort of like a colloquial kind of uh, word, you know, uh, you know, very casual, but I think we need to. I think we need a campaign to stop Americans saying button because it's just confu- it's just confusing. Do you remember the button badges as well? You get a badge that sat on a button. You ever seen those? <laughs> now you're just yes. confusing the matter. Yes, I, I you're used to one for the, for the Cubs. Basically, you put it on a. I think you like on your jeans top button, or you have to be quite a big button, and it sort of slotted over the back of it, and then it made your button look like it was something else. I used to have an irrational fear of badges. Because of that big, I mean, especially some of the big ones. You think when you're a kid, you go to all sorts of events, and there's always a badge on, on you know, to collect or pick up, and you put it on straight away. And it used to terrify me that that thing was going to come undone and stick through my chest. I think it happened a few times. I think I might have severed, not severed, but I think I might have pierced a nipple a couple of times as a kid. And it always gave me a, you know, like, oh my god, you know, the pain. The pain was so ridiculous. I've got a little pinhole in my chest. Uh, of badges it used to scare me i didn't wear them for ages i can remember the the childhood badges i had i had i had sammy the squirrel on a badge that said tufty club tufty club was awesome and then i had my dennis the menace and nasher fan club badges from the beano and those are the the badges i can remember I've still got my Jason. I've still got my, I've got my brother's Nasher one, which is a big furry badge with. Nasher. Yeah, I've got that somewhere. I've got I've got another Beano one, and I've got a. Uh, I was a dandy, so I've got my Desperate Dan cow pie badge, which was a um, a shaped badge with Desperate Danny in a big cow pie, as as he did. Um, I've still got those. I think I showed you guys a while back. I had a homemade badge, so it was it must have been a school or church thing where someone bought in a badge maker, and we could all make a badge. And I made a little Hulk badge. Um, it's a wonderful badge. I've still got it. It's fantastic. It drew a big green Hulk 
and put the word Hulk. And that was it. And that, to me, was a better than any other Hulk badge. So in your faces. I had the usual ones that you got handed out in shops. I can remember Clark's Commandos, which I love because, uh, you know, I, th- I thought I put this badge on there. I, I'm a commando. I'm rough and tough. <laughs> I had, I actually had a few of the um, Factors Star Wars badges. Can't remember oh. which ones, but uh, a, a few of those that we're talking about tonight. And I also had, this is the standout one, I had a Blue Peter competition winner badge. Oh, what? Oh, my word. How did you get that? Come on. Which... Uh, well, I, how how do you think one gets a Blue Peter competition well, winner oh. badge? It's a bit of a misnomer because I think they gave them out to everybody that entered. I certainly didn't win. and I, I wasn't the top, but I must have been a runner-up. So, yeah, I it, got a competition winner badge, into, which is fantastic. Yeah, it got you into everything. You, you, could, you could get into 10 Downing Street and Buckingham Palace with one of them. Yeah, it was yeah. like a Gestapo badge. You had that Blue, on, people Blue would Peter, move aside. Blue Peter badge, mate, coming through. You yeah, still can, can't you? They, they, you still can get into um, like Lego Land and things cheaper with them, can't you, Andy? Uh, I, I haven't tried for a while, to be honest. You should try, try it, yeah. I, sh- uh, I should. Well, all I can say is at least nobody's owned up to only one of those big uh, Jim will fix it metal badges that you handed. <laughs> You know what? As a kid, I'd have probably killed for one of those. No, that that wasn't a badge. That was a medallion. Yeah, exactly. Oh. First thing I ever sold on uh, eBay was a Jim will fix it soap on a rope in the shape of that medallion i found in a, a charity shop is before it his crimes came to the fore but um, yeah i think i've still got mine somewhere <laughs> you got a jim will fix it badge no um, jim will fix it soap on a rope i've still oh, got it around somewhere well, all, all you sort of talking think. in the past tense i still have all my childhood badges somehow they're Ooh. all one things that saved Save the coal. So I'm just looking at them now next to me at my desk i'm, oh. I'm shouting for scouting wimpy Oh, Wimpy. I've got a Wimpy one, I think. Holiday clubs, like Duporth Rebels. I don't even know where Duporth is, but with a picture of a pirate on. Andy will like that after his uh, impression for Barada earlier. Friend of Cheeky. He looks like he's from Wizard and Chips or the Dandy or something like that. Just loads and loads of ones. An England badge here with a little rosette on it. I'm going to wear that tomorrow now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Mexico 82. That's another one I had with the the, the little orange, the, the the little mascot orange. Uh, Spain, 82. Narahito. Spain, um, Spain, yes, you're right. Mexico is 86. You're right. I've got my, um, I've still got my Naranjito glass because we were, we happened to be in holiday in Spain in 82. And uh, again, one of these kids clubs and got given a, a, I think playing football on the beach or something like that. Every kid that played got given a glass or something like that. And I still managed to hang on to that one too. Got a wimpy England badge here. That's got to be worn tomorrow. Good luck in Spain. There Ooh. we go, 82. That must be worth quite a bit, I reckon. It's in pristine condition. And I, and I bought a Tufty. I used to have a Tufty Club badge, but used to wear it on my coat as a student. I lost it years ago. So I bought a replacement not so long ago. So that's, um, that's Tufty was point. Tufty Club was massive, wasn't it? I mean, everyone must have been in a Tufty Club. I mean, the Americans have no idea what we're talking about. But it was, it was road safety, wasn't it? Was it road safety? Yeah, it was, yeah. That's why we're all still here. We all know. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tough. And then, of course, the Green Cross Codeman took over. I wonder if they had a fight and uh, Green Cross Codeman actually you know, beat up Tufty Club and said, right, I'm taking over, <laughs> you little squirrely little gats. He would have been a rather less impressive Darth Vader, wouldn't he, Tufty? Charlie Says came along after that and it was all over. Well, yeah, Charlie Says is always a bit strange. I was finding a bit strange, but Tufty... I mean, I've got a mate called Tufty. He's not a squirrel, though. But, uh, yeah. Well, no, well, Richard, you've been very quiet out there. Now, normally, you're the one getting beaten up for this stuff, but you must have had a Tufty Club badge. 
No, definitely not. I was too young for Tufty Club. I don't remember any of that kind of stuff. I don't remember Swap Shop. I remember nothing like that at all. And I definitely had no badges because my clothes had enough holes in them anyway that I think if I put more holes in, I would have been shot. Richard, the Tufty Fluffy Tail is ROSPA's iconic red squirrel who was instrumental in helping millions of children to learn about road safety from the 50s to the 90s. So don't pretend that you were at school outside of the 80s. So you must have. I reckon they just didn't like squirrels up north. Uh, it, def- it definitely didn't come as far north as I live. Never heard of it until about five years ago. A squirrel was a staple food stuff up north, wasn't it? <laughs> what about Busby, Rich? I've just found a Busby uh, badge. Make someone happy. Busby on the phone. Do you remember him? Yeah, no, Busby. Never yeah. heard of Busby. What? The phone thing. Phone uh, bird. I reckon they kept it away from you. That that must have been like late 80s, surely. They didn't when, have phones again, did they? When did no, you first have a telly, Rich? Uh, well, I had a telly since kids, but it was like one of those really old brown ones with uh, the weird best part of 57 stone. <laughs> I think we all had them, though, didn't we, then? Mm-hmm. Surely a Newcastle got some badges into your hand. Nope. Oh, my word. You've been missing out. Have you ever collected any badges, you know, in adulthood? Or is the badges not your thing? Nah, just badges. They put holes in clothes. I never got the whole point of them. What about swag badges at Celebration? Yeah. You must have got some yeah, of them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got loads of them, but I put them on my lanyards. I, I appreciate them for the artistic, you know, brilliance of some of them. That's about it. And uh, Badges don't interest me at all. Never have. You see, surely with, you know, seeing you all wore really big Hessian tops that you wouldn't, you know, have a hole. I mean, you could get a badge through the hole itself. They were so massive. But oh, there we go. Right, let's get into the range. I think we talk about badges quite enough. Now, right, Andy, you're Mr. You're, well, I'm assuming there's quite a bit of UK stuff, isn't there? So we're not tons, but some. So that's why you're a bit frenzied on factors. But let's, let's just give a quick overview because... They did posters, they did backpacks and luggage, clothing items, baseball caps, tote bags. Uh, they did um, obviously badges, stickers, and lots of iron-on things for, for for t-shirts. Which I know what I never had any recollection of iron-on things transfers when I was a kid. Never saw, never saw it until I was adult. Never had any concept of an iron-on transfer. Just didn't you know t-shirts in the shops. Why would you want to do that? Probably a lot cheaper just to buy the Bowling T-shirt. And I said they did um, Star Wars fan club merchandise, uh, patches, um, and some standees, and all sorts. I mean, a real kind of like, you know, um, almost like a convention kind of brand almost, isn't it? I mean, this is all the stuff you would you would churn out at a convention or a, a show, really. Where should we start, Preston? Where, should we, Where should we start? Well, should we start with what was available here in the UK, and then we uh, and then we'll go on from there. Go on then. Go on then. So we we had the badges. Um, so there were one, two, three, four, five, six, um, ten or twelve different badges. So you had C-3PO, Chewbacca, um, Dar- two Darth Vader ones, Luke Skywalker, may the Force be with you, Obi Wan, Leia, R2, and then Han and Chewie. What was special, Pete, about one of the Darth Vader badges? Any idea? The spelling, I'm going to assume you're going to say. The spelling. What 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 mistake was made on these badges? This 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 bizarre Darth Vader. Darth Vader lives. Any any reason? He does. Apart from a spelling mistake, was there any reason for that? Were they just just get it wrong? I think it, I think it was just a cock up. Because I, I haven't seen Vader spelled like that anywhere else. The mistake is repeated on the factors badges and the sew-on patches and the stickers. 
So uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a bonkers one that, that, that uh, something that obvious because these this, this is licensed stuff. But by, by the way, this this isn't bootleg. Something oh. that obvious wasn't picked up. But, yeah, because yeah, because I mean, I look at the the uh, they've got the t shirt, but is it, I guess it's just the same design they just did. It was it was approved probably quite early. I mean, do we have years for this stuff? Just to say that it was just so early, they just didn't. No one pointed out. <laughs> I th- I think it was very early stuff. I think it was among, among they, they were among the first bits of merchandise to come out, weren't they? I mean, because I mean, uh, it, you know, it's cheap. It's so easy to do this stuff. Once you got a design, you can print it. You know, so the iron transfer will get it printed. It's it's done. You know, the plates are made. You're ready to go. Churning stuff out. Oh, 1977. No one's even going to know. I just wonder how many people sort of like picked up on it. You know, did people complain? Send it back? Uh, yeah, I wonder wonder what the, what the reaction was. I, I guess people just didn't care. I, Dark Vader, I guess they didn't, know. but it, it's it's a it's a quirky little collectible now with the the spelling mistake. And there's actually two sizes of these badges. Did you know? So there's there's a larger three inch which are sold in the states, and then here we had a smaller size, about two or two and a half inch diameter. Although I think we had the larger badges as well. So I think both size badges were available in the UK. How big to say these but these big badges were sorry, three inches. They're, they're about three inches across. They are they are quite a good size. Because like if you ever I don't know watch collecting shows and stuff, they often you know especially when they're doing the presidential elections and those sort of things, they always have these quite big badges. You know, they're quite big and in your face. Yeah, typical American kind of stuff, much bigger than ours. We always tiny little badges. And I haven't really seen a big badge in the UK, you know, when it's collectible badges, it's it's kind of what, one and a half inches maybe? size badges one yep. point whatever and they seem to be everywhere so the, the common thing obviously you do get the odd massive thing but it seems to be an american thing these big kind of almost hand-sized badges you said that they had the big ones over here i believe they did and this came up in a thread on facebook the other day somebody was showing a, i think i think it was craig spivey uh, was showing a collection of um, factors badges and Jason Joyner came on and said uh, that uh, yes we we had the smaller badges in the uk but the larger ones were available as well so uh, Jason ought to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you'd hope that. The other bits and pieces that we had here in the UK from Factors, there was a range of stickers, um, decals, mm. circular stickers, and again, about three inches across. SWCA has got these down as Australia, but they were definitely in the UK as well. It's just um, because we sound the same. That's what it is to them. Yeah, this, British, this is but... Again, um, there's 10 or 12 of those in the set. Some fantastic graphics and fantastic imagery. They're very, very cheaply done. Primary colours, cheap graphics, great big bold in-your-face logos, and these are just brilliant. We'll stick some up on the social media for everybody to see. And, and you don't get but... away without mentioning the best one of that section. It is it's just ridiculous. I mean, you, you, this must be the only thing that says this anywhere. Is that no. the Jowers? No, 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 no. The Brotherhood the Brotherhood of Jedi Knights. Oh yes. Where on earth did that come from? I mean Brotherhood, that's pretty bad these days, because that's gonna be like, oh where, where about the women Jedi? And then it can't be Jedi Knights. So that's obviously been binned. But like the fact that it says Brotherhood of Jedi, that is a that is a thing of its time. That's a phenomenal piece. Um it's just orange. It's got a very interesting lightsaber with a big starry end to it, or big starry side to it. Just brilliant. I mean, Brotherhood of Jedi Knights. Is that sort of going back to medieval times? Brotherhood? Did, did knights have brotherhoods? Yeah, yeah it, ha, it has a feeling, doesn't it? Or whatever? Yeah, yeah, it has a feeling. But, but also, it's 
you know, you know, if you're going to wear a badge and want to be sort of with your mates, it's a real club, isn't it? So if you all had those, you'd be going around, you know, being, oh, we're the Brotherhood of Jedi's, we love Star Wars. You got your, you know, your dodgy looking like savers probably made up of toilet rolls. You know, it's you, you, you're basically putting together your own little club. You can't do that with Darth Vader ones, but you can do it with the Brotherhood of Jedi's. Oh, I mean, it's a phenomenal badge, absolutely phenomenal. It is. It's great, isn't it? Um, also on a patch, I think, the Brotherhood of Jedi Knights. So on patch. So there, there we go. That's those. Um, we also had some key rings. And again, I think this was a UK or a European exclusive made by Factors, but I think made in Denmark. And these are some, how big are they? They're, they're probably about an inch or just a little bit bigger um, across in diameter. Circular key rings, translucent plastic material. And it's almost like a sort of stained glass effect um, because the... Uh, um, there's a, um, a a picture in the middle. Um, I think there's a there's the Jawas, there's the there's an R2, there's a 3PO, and there's a Vader, um, and then there's a very similar uh, fan club key ring as well. And these were available through comic ads in the UK, mm. and they're very very rare. Um, they're uh, they're 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 incredibly hard to find. I know a lot of American collectors are very keen to to pick these up. Have you got any? But, I, I I do. I got all of them. You got all of them? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got, got my set a little while back. There was one on eBay, actually, not long ago, um, which um, was the set of badges with an apology note for the company because um, some child had written off uh, um, a couple of badges through through this comic advert, and they didn't have the ones he wanted, so they swapped it out for two more. So there was an apology note, and there was the original mailer envelope uh, with a little coupon from the comic stuck on, and a couple of these key rings. So uh, that, that that was up on eBay. I put a good bid in, but it went for something ridiculous. It was £150 or something. I didn't get that. Right, just to go back to the badges, there's um, there's uh, the Japanese badges. Now, we, we know our friends in Japan are always a bit, have to be a little bit different. Now, I think you kind of mentioned it, the Jawa badge. So there's a little Jawa, you're sitting there. It looks like, I think he might be having a cup of tea or something, but you see his face. I don't think I've ever seen a Jawa's face before, outside of action figures. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this? No, I um, haven't. I'm not, not familiar with the Japanese. Right, have one. a look at this, right? Now, obviously, this is a bit of a, bit of a weird one. Um, have a look at that. You can see his face. Oh, look, oh yes that's a, it, it's a production still isn't it yeah but that is a that is an i've never seen that image before this image that i've seen um it, <laughs> what's going on there yeah I mean, you what, what, what you're seeing there is the gaffer tape on the mask that's used <laughs> to hold the the, the eyepiece in place <laughs> that's just crazy because if you have a look at the action figure they've used pictures like this or, or similar to this to make the action figure because the action figure looks as if he's got sort of black bandages across his face and that's actually what that was modelled on. It was the gaffer tape that they'd used to attach the the, 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 the electronic eyepiece onto the black hood that the Jawas wore. Some of the, some of the badges, are, yeah, I mean, I think because you've got the Japanese writing on them, always look pretty cool. There wasn't as many interesting designs as I was hoping for them. I mean, that's nice. The, the Han Solo and Chewbacca one is a little bit odd. It's sort of on, a, on a very light blue background. Um, <laughs> it's always funny to see like the name of Han Solo and Chewbacca in Japanese. Just like with with a trademark underneath, it's like okay, obviously not actually trademark because it, it doesn't look like anything you would even recognise. And I think I've ever ever seen Han Solo written down in Japanese ever before or since. No, is is that the image where you got Han, where Han is sort of leaning on Chewbacca like yeah, a yeah. post or something? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he's like slightly underneath him as well. So Chewbacca might be standing on a small stool or something. Is that all the British stuff? 
Uh, I think it is. I think a lot of stuff was imported. I'm sure we had the T-shirts, whether it was T-shirts that were imported as T-shirts or whether we had the uh, the iron-on patches. I'm sure I can remember seeing Factors Star Wars T-shirts around in the UK back in those days, but uh, I've, I've never come across anything in sort of British packaging or anything that suggests that they were, they were sort of sold here officially, so possibly import um, unofficial stuff. The other thing we had, of course, was fan club, because as I mentioned earlier, uh, factors were heavily involved with the fan club. So when you bought your initial fan club kit, you got a, I'm trying to think whether there was anything else. There was definitely a factors iron on T-shirt decal. Um, I think that was it, actually, in terms of factors in the UK. They also did that range of badges for the fan club, didn't they? Those smaller um, one inch diameter badges. Which had the kind of like dodgy fake things recently. There have been fakes of these, haven't there, unfortunately. Um, White background, a small black and white image of the character in the middle, and then red writing with the character name. And then again, there's about 12 or 13 of those, including a George Lucas badge, which is a a, a rarity. Yeah, you don't see a lot of George Lucas stuff. I mean, I know there was a little bit, but um, not not definitely not that early. People were never, you know, I mean, it's a bit of an oddity, isn't it, that uh, back in the day, I mean, I wouldn't have known anyone who directed anything. You know, you want to go, oh, yes, um, you know, Peter Zemeckis or whatever so from Back to the Future, whatever his name is. I, I, they didn't, I wasn't interested in that as a kid. You don't, you don't give a monkey's who was directing a film. You just cared about the stars, the, you know, whatever. If definitely not directors. I mean, George Lucas knew who he was, but, you know, I mean, up until probably the, the 90s, it probably didn't pay any attention to what he even looked like. <laughs> so why would you? Is it your kid? You're like, oh, I like Star Wars. Oh, but I like directors too. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, but it, it was a one-off, wasn't it? They they did promote Star Wars movie with uh, with with George Lucas. Um, so, yeah. the, the the fact that he was a young up-and-coming director, I guess, and that uh, you know they 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 sort of um, put him forward as this uh, this young visionary, and uh, yeah, he he was promoted as much as um, as much as the movie stars. Shall we talk uh, t-shirts? Because this I think is some of the or the iron-on stuff. Because these are some amazing designs. It's the lettering. Now, if I'm just going down very quickly, and you've got the, obviously the Dar for Dar lives on stuff. You've got Chewbacca, non-sparkle. I mean, the the writing looks like something out of like a kids' TV, you know, girl show. Chewy. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of license. Not uh, there's another shirt with Chewy in a different typeface. I mean, these are really cool for kids T-shirts. Uh, there's one in kind of gold, <laughs> gold sparkly leaf uh, with Chewy on there. Uh, yeah, they, they were they were really you know I mean hand, there's a hand solo logo he's standing on it with a million fog behind him with a you know, it's I mean this, these logos are the sort of thing you would find on various kind of like art packages today you know really easy to do logos you can make them 3D they're like you can get them in uh, 3D comic programs and stuff. There's another little spelling variation there, isn't there? Because it's Chewy is spelled C H E W Y. Yeah. On all on all the factor stuff. Exactly, which is which again. You know, I mean, I wonder, I wonder how early that was written down. Because obviously we had Chewy, you know, he used the word Chewy in the movies, I think. I'm pretty much sure he said Chewy in Star Yeah, yeah. So I guess it was interpretation, wasn't it? Because, I mean, who who would have written that down unless you had the script? Um, so they must have they must have got this stuff. I said, got him. let's look at what the age is. So, yeah, 1977 again. So most of these are 77. Now, here's a fantastic image for you. Have a look at Han Solo with Millennium Falcon, Photo Dazzler. Photo Dazzler, even on. word Dazzler. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. That Photo Dazzler. Really that's amazing logo, which I said. You, that's crazy, isn't it? That's, that's just like, like way. That's, like, that's like the Superman logo, isn't it? 
those sort of three three D letters and hands striding aside it with his blaster pointed. I love that. I'd have that on my shirt now. I'm sure, well, I'm sure it can be arranged. It's quite easy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, one I've seen quite a lot is uh, the Star Wars one with Luke and C3PO, and it's like a pink and blue Star Wars logo, kind of like sticking out the side of it. Um, it's it's really really awkward design, but on a T-shirt, anything goes. Let's face it. Um, some real fantastic designs. I mean, even if you get into the Empire Strikes Back as well, I mean, they they tend to have gone slightly mad with some of the designs on these because of you know of, of the of the, uh, the the writing. There's a Boba Fett one. You know, the Boba Fett is in this wonderful kind of orange, cool font. Boba uh, Fett bounty hunter with some kind of like design behind him. Yeah, the lettering is is quite staggering. It's really 70s, 80s cheese as well. Yeah, oh, there, there's another memory. Darth Vader and two stormtroopers photo Dazzler. I had that on a red T-shirt. I wore that to death Dazzler. When, I was, uh, when I was about um, 11 or 12. Did it? Da- how much did it dazzle? Um, I think that... I don't know where the Dazzler comes from. Was it, I, th- I think there's a foil incorporated in the, in, in the print. I'm assuming so. It doesn't come off very um, very well on these photos, does it? But I, I think the Dazzler comes from this uh, comes from this foil effect i tell you what i wouldn't mind getting hold of the princess leah organa <laughs> photo dazzler someone's put it on a on the picture on the fwc she's on a rug i think and so it's, it's, it's a wonderful picture of leah looking really quite cool with a big blaster in her hand pointing upwards like she's sitting down and then there's a lovely lovely feminine picture of lovely carrie fisher as princess leah with her hand on her chin that sort of really cheesy kind of female pose they used to do and the lettering is 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 big and chunky uh, princess leah organa it's a monster i mean that's a really really cool one but again i mean i think i've seen another one where princess leah and and her lettering is far more feminine <laughs> i mean that's really kind of like a masculine kind of um typeface so the TIE Fighter and the X-Wings are worth um, worth a look at. Oh. Proper, proper, particularly the X-Wing. That looks like someone's knocked that up in five minutes. Because <laughs> a TIE Fighter a font, though, it did actually say twin iron engine in the TIE. So. Check the font on the Atat Walkers one. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So that you've got that like... classic image of the three Atat Walkers striding across the snowy plains on Hoth firing their laser cannons and un- underneath uh, yeah again you, c- you can't get much more 70s 80s than that can you so you actually done an iron on transfer just out of interest i remember doing one as a kid i can't remember what it was of though i do have vague memories of trying to do one though uh, uh, likewise and daz did them as um as some sort of merch didn't he yeah socks. Did socks. yeah <laughs> i've still got them they were they, they, it was really hard to do he said because the obviously the material you're trying to put it on but Oh my goodness! It just—I mean, it would have been a nightmare because you see, if I'd got one and I'd have ruined it, it that would have been it. So it's a good job I never even had any knowledge of these things. I do actually have one. I did actually get a, a one of these things. I think it came in one of your lots, Andy, from uh, Todd. I think it was the "May the Force Be With You" one. It's just yeah, obviously, I'm never going to use it, but it's actually quite nice to display. Actually, these uh, these iron-on transfers. I bet. Well, I'm not going to ask Richard what happens with iron-on transfer. He would have just get beaten up. Any other items? I mean, there was quite a few. I'm always being. Intru- I mean, they, they did just T-shirts as well as um, iron-on transfers. So they did actually, you know, to stop you ruining a T-shirt with an iron, which I would have probably done. Would have burnt through it or something, or it had been a slight crease, and I'd have gone, ah. Oh. 
I mean, there's some nice little things. I mean, the, the the caps. I'm not a cap wearer, not at all, not a fan of caps. But um, I think those are pretty. I think, I think caps are quite a collectible item. Although there's always that thing of if they have been used, you know, you're dealing with someone's scabby head, which I was a bit. Anyone have a, a, a Star Wars cap? Does anyone wear caps? Out of interest. I am not a hat person <laughs> in any way. I, never I wear fa- flat I, caps. Flat caps? Well, you are northern now, technically. Yeah, I wear a hat when it's sunny because I, I'm balding on the top of my head and I don't want to get sunburnt. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a, the only hat I wear is I said during the like Jason during the summer. I've got a uh, a tarp hat from the Brazilian rainforests. So when 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 the big trucks go through the rainforest with all the wood on the back, they when the the tarps had its day, they uh, recycle it and make it into hats. And I've got a hat made out of this Brazilian tarp. It's really cool, actually. It's a really quality hat. You know, as in, I was a quality hat, but it's it's a good condition hat. You know, it's tarp. And it does keep the sun off me. It keeps the sun off my old body because it's so big. The um, other thing that's worth talking about is the posters. If you go down to the oh, poster oh, section yes, of the SWCA, yes. in particular, the Cantina Art oh, poster. I I, I would I would just love a print of that. I would just, you know, I don't care whether it's, you know, posters, 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 schmosters. You know, another version of that. That is one of the best posters, I think, out there. Isn't the- that fantastic? So you've got the Star Wars logo at the top. You've got a flash across saying limited engagement now appearing at the Mos Eisley Cantina. Uh, so you've got the Cantina band there and under some red spotlights. And in the foreground, you've got the, the various aliens sitting there enjoying their drinks and listening to the music. And you've got all the classic aliens. You've got Greedo and Hammerhead and the Gotal and the, um, the whatever else they're called. The, all the all the menagerie of strange species that there were in the cantina. It's a wonderful red light or curtain or whatever that how that is. It's great down on it? top of it. It's it's so well put together. I mean, you got the red. It's very red at the top with the bith or in their band, very red affected. And then it comes down to this very blue and this bit of yellow in the middle. It's it's a one. It's just an absolute corker. That on a wall, everyone's going to talk about it. It's just a brilliant post on the Star Wars logo in white in that with that red beneath it. It's very very modern Star Wars. That that's uh, white on red. Really, it looks very modern. And then you've got some other classic posters in there. There's the there's the one that everybody will recognise, the the Darth Vader with the lightsaber. So he's uh, he's got his cloak spread out, and there's a little bit of sort of smoke around. He's got his lightsaber held up across his chest, um, looking very mean and menacing. Um, so that, that that's that's such an iconic image, um, and that that was done I think for uh, four factors. There's the Hildebrandt poster art, and then there's other posters with Luke and with Leia and the two droids. Another favourite of mine, the stormtrooper in the detention block corridor. You see, I'm looking at that now, and it, it, uh, well, you say it's a favour. I think it's bloody awful. Um, it's got the Star Wars logo. I mean, as we've seen with them there and their typeface or fonts or what we want to call it, it, there's some real liberties being taken. You know, there's all sorts of, and, and it's all fun. It's all great fun. But this is a bit rubbish, I'm afraid. The Star Wars logo is obviously, you know, now you won't be able to do that because it's Star Wars. In it's like a, again, it's done in that kind of, you know, uh, shiny kind of base relief kind of what do you call it chunky lettering slightly tipped backwards so they would just would be told off now you would say no can't do that and then the stormtrooper seems to be have a flamethrower on him he's blasting some kind of like i don't know what, what is it what, what's he yeah, blasting it's, it's like a like a martian heat ray or something isn't it coming out yeah. of his blaster but it's a classic image it's on lobby cards it's on it, it's it's on all sorts that that image appears uh, and somebody said that's um, having looked at the armor and the the height and the stats of the character, um, uh, it it is speculated that that is Mark Hamill in the hero stormtrooper armor. 
wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise Sorry. me. I'm not a fan of that. Gotta say, not a fan. I like cheese, but that that Star Wars logo in the top left, kind of, uh, it's all a bit. I know it's kind of in line with the the tunnel. I don't know whether it's just been cut off badly, but oh, just that. yeah. Well, well, here's one you'll like then the the X-wing V Tie Fighter with the three circles um, in in the top. Have you have you got that one? I am not a fan of the three circles. A bit strange to see a Star Wars logo over the top of an X-wing fighter at the bottom. A um, little bit strange. I, I, again, I find it uncomfortable because of the three pictures. You know, we've not got interesting pictures. We've got we've got C-3PO moaning about whatever, and then we've got C-3PO moaning again about something else, and then we've got Han and Chewie. It's like, well. <sighs> Why do we have C3O moaning all the time? Well, it's, it's an interesting choice, isn't it, to have two featuring C3PO so prominently? Yeah, and moaning, we, yeah, whinging as, but yes, yeah, like, oh god, and then some nice action. But yeah, again, they, they won't be allowed to get away with that having an X-wing fighter behind the Star Wars logo. So they've got the proper Star Wars logo, and then they just yeah, because obviously it's see-through, but it doesn't fit well with me. That they yep. should just they should have just cut that bit out because I mean they've got the um, the bit of the X-wing sitting in between almost in between the a and the r but then they've got this and it, 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 it oh no no not don't like that. no i don't like that one no oh, I, I gotta find one you like move on to when empire strikes back what about boba fett you you've well, got yeah. to like the boba fett that one. is good with his flamethrower out he's shooting a jet of flame off the side of the poster look at that don't don't mess with that guy do you it is nice. A little bit strange, the Boba Fett thing, you know, the, the, again, the tight face. Should, maybe a bit bigger, maybe that should be at the top of the poster and in a bit further down, but... Yeah, maybe, maybe. What are those uh, circles? What's going on there? Oh, uh, yeah, or laser blast? Is somebody shooting back yeah. at him? Exactly, what's going on there? Or was, he, or, was he, or was he standing in front of a sheet or his bedding and he's just burnt two holes in it, practicing with his flamethrower? What's going on there? Is that supposed to be kind of a misty area it looks like he's on a star trek set from the 1970s all a bit strange that really it is a bit isn't it what about the next one the darth vader and the stormtroopers there's an oddity yes that's nice like that but what's what are those stormtroopers holding are those lightsabers well you know it's a bit similar to the other posts isn't it whoever was doing it the, doing these up thought that these blasters went on forever they weren't just like pew pew they were proper um, maybe they are. Maybe they're Jedi troopers. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a good spot. But I like I like the design of that poster. But yeah, the, see now you said that, that's put me off. So next one. Next one. R two and three PO. There we are in in the in the ice caverns. Well, really, it says Empire Trikes back because Cipio is standing in front of the S. Well, I'm only fractionally. Very fractionally, but it's enough to put you off. You're a hard man to please, Mr. Davis. Well, yeah, well, I am, because it, it, what's happening there? Yeah, it wasn't in the film. You know, all it needed is to be moved a couple of centimetres to the right, and there'd be no problem. But they've gone and done that, and it says Empire Trikes back. The Empire were not triking anywhere, were they? So there, there we go. So it's just the Cantina art poster you'd have on your wall, then? Well, maybe, yes. There's a Yoda poster. OK, right, Yoda, Jedi Master. That's fine. That's fine. I'm OK with that. So it's best boring though, isn't it? It's just it is boring. Stood, but there, stood there in the autumn leaves. It is. It is. I did have a poster of Yoda. I one. Of the, I don't know where I got it from. It didn't last very long. It was a bit boring. But yeah, yeah. But it looked interesting. Um, but not that one. I didn't have that one. Tie face makes it a little bit interesting, to be fair to you. But yeah, I'm afraid you're trying to sell me Empire Strikes Back posters, and I've kind of like you know ruined them already. But um, there's little things that annoy me. 
other interesting things I thought, I'm, sure, I'm sure I saw somewhere oh yeah there was standees apparently standee yeah range of five apparently four for Star Wars yeah. so you got the two droids Chewbacca and Darth Vader and then Boba Fett for Empire Strikes Back and uh, yeah life size character standees do you have so any, anyone have any standees or any sort? I've got a stormtrooper standee somewhere, and I've got uh, another one of something. I can't remember what I've got. I've got two. I can't remember what either one is, but I've definitely yeah, got a stormtrooper one. I've got a, uh, I've got a dozen or so up in the loft. Oh. Um, having got involved with doing conventions, we used to use these on the back of the stage as sort of set set dressing. Um, so when when we had the guests up on stage, it was something to put behind them and make the place look a little bit more interesting. So. I don't, I don't think mine are factors that mine are more modern yeah, yeah. 90s ones but uh, they, they still look good all together I, I remember years ago I don't I don't know where I was some city I might have been in Sheffield I think visiting a friend but I was very drunk and I ran into a blockbuster and it was when I think the special editions were out I think and I wouldn't leave until I had a, a, the guy sold me the Stormtrooper standee and I sat down in the middle of the blockbuster and I demanded like a small child <laughs> I'm not leaving I was very drunk I remember this and a guy went, oh, God, just go away. I'll call the police. He said, no, no, you've got to sell me that Stormtrooper. And he goes, oh, just give us 20 quid. So I can't give you 20 quid. And I gave him a fiver because I was obviously drunk. And he said, that'll do. Just, you know, bugger off. <laughs> and I did. I was walking down the high street in well, wherever it was in Sheffield. I can't remember where. I was so drunk. And I've still got it. I've still got that Stormtrooper. And I remember for a party once, I, I photocopied the Stormtrooper. So at work, we had a massive photocopy thing, you know, did like A1 sheets. So uh, I managed to photocopy about 30 of them and, and gaffer tape them to the wall. It looked brilliant. Although they were did look a little bit similar. I did put them left to right, right to left kind of thing, make it look a bit different. I put a few behind each other. But yeah, it was, I like a standee. I wouldn't mind a, I wouldn't mind a slave layer standee if anyone ever sees one. I had three of the standees in the, in the 90s. I think I had the Stormtrooper, the... Darth Vader and a Bob Affair, and I do remember having an '80s party where I changed I changed the Stormtrooper into a Hoff Trooper, and it had David Hasselhoff's head. Oh, Stormtrooper's helmet was it was a Hoff Trooper. Um, anything else, Andy? Anything else we can talk about? Because I think we've covered quite a lot. I um, think we've covered it, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of the same kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's jewelry and there's uh but yeah there's, there's 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 a few other bits and pieces but uh do you want to talk yeah. about jewelry yeah there's um there's not the canvas bag is apparently the same designs as the apparently the iron-on stuff are just smaller and on tote bags and stuff so as i said it's very sort of convention-y isn't it this stuff um you could you could almost do like a actually some of those t-shirts it would be quite fun to redo actually <laughs> should we do vintage rebellion factors factors uh commemorative t-shirts and they don't exist anymore then we can just re- just repeat the uh some of those those typefaces they really would be good <laughs> i like that idea right uh, you say jewelry 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 jingle jangle was there much of any one jewelry piece isn't it yeah it's Looking a badge my, my notes. A badge with a chain on it it's a darth Vader badge with a chain on it that's it darth Vader lives keychain and I, may the, and I may the force be with you keychain and uh, that's it, apparently. There we are. Just ju- jewellery done. Jewellery done. And um, how rare is some of Andy, to be fair, that you've seen? Because I've seen a lot of the, the iron-on stuff seem to appear. Not all of it, but some of it seems to appear quite regularly. Yeah, I mean, that those those key rings, the translucent key rings that I mentioned, those those are very rare. But other than that, I think most of this stuff can be picked up reasonably commonly. I don't think, I don't think any, of it, any of it is mega value. So yeah, a, a nice line to collect. A lot of a lot of stuff there, as you say. A lot of it's very easily displayable, fairly small pieces. 
So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear if there are any, yeah. any dedicated factors collectors out there. Yeah, because, I mean, I think with those iron-on stuff, I mean, you could have a really, you know, with those big kind of collector book things, you know, big sort of art books, and you could get, put those iron-on transfers onto, like, immaterial and actually have them into a really big folder, and they would look absolutely brilliant because the designs are just so, you know, in-your-face designs, and we've never seen it like it since, really. I mean, they, they're just fantastic because they were taking liberties with the names, taking liberties with the Star Wars logo. Um, they, yeah, I think, I think that's a really good thing. They're pretty groovy, I would say. Very groovy. Right. If anyone hasn't got anything else to say or add, we will uh, knock on the head down and do another one next month. Right then, guys, well, that's right at the end of another great episode. Uh, we've covered so much this episode. Um, seems to be shorter, but it's absolutely ramp-packed. So, first of all, I want to say um, thank you for everybody who left us feedback last month. So, I'm just going to read a few that's been put in the show notes here. So, Jeff Johnson, well, at least four of my eight hours of work tomorrow will be a pleasure. I can't wait to listen to the next podcast. Um, and obviously, Jeff, thanks for all your support and hopefully you enjoy this one too. And then um, Andy Preston had um, sent a photograph of his Addis Princess Leia soap bottle. And he's went, so that's the Princess Leia soap bottle everyone talked about in this month's podcast. <laughs> yes, you won't see too many of them, Jeff. Another Jeff, Jeff Tilly, being outside the UK, I had no idea who Dean Edwards was before I listened to the show. Coming away from this, you can tell he's a sincere guy and a pleasure to listen to. He's modest enough to recognise his always learning stuff from the hobby and passionate enough to be the punter and a collector face seeking out new items just like the rest of us. And your discussion about Tritoni isn't me or does that subject matter always remain fascinating. You always find great guests and Dean is no exception. Absolutely, that's completely true. Dean Edwards, you know, celebrity chef but down to earth guy when he was talking on the last show. Finally from Spoons' daughter, I really like the podcast. Brave words indeed, absolutely brilliant and hopefully that's a future lifelong listener. Well then guys, if anybody's got any feedback to leave us, you can always email us at swtvrpodcast at gmail.com, search for Vintage Rebellion on all our social media channels, um, or get in contact with any one of us. We are all nice, friendly guys, even beat. Well guys, I'm absolutely delighted to wrap this one up. Uh, very late again, we're going to have to sort this out at some point, but obviously we're all really busy at the moment, um, so we're doing the best that we can. Um, so without much further more from me, it's goodbye from Pete. Well, that's all a lie, Richard. We're watching the football and getting drunk. That's what it is. That's what I said. Really busy. Goodbye from Pete. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Come on, England. It's goodbye from Andy Spoons. Goodbye, and as Busby would say, make someone happy with a phone call. It's goodbye from Andy Preston. Cheers, guys. Stay safe, everybody, and may the force be with you. It's goodbye from Jason Smith. See you later, everyone. And it's a later, guys, from me. And remember, only you can decide with Star Wars toys. This podcast is not endorsed by Disney, Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or anybody who cares about the Star Wars franchise. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. 
All names and sounds of Star Wars are registered trademarks of Lucasfilm Limited and other associated copyright holders. All of the original content of this podcast are the intellectual property rights of the Vintage Rebellion. If you enjoyed this podcast, then feel free to email swtvrpodcast at gmail.com. If you don't enjoy this podcast, tough. Are Star Wars products going to have the durability of, say, that old favourite, the teddy bear? Teddy! <laughs>